Greetings from the Seventh Circle. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Seventh Circle of Film. I'm your host, Kieran, alongside my... Well, I can't say loyal anymore. You disparage that. Yeah, I, I fucked uh, that one. Um, well, it's me. Hello. <laughs> just the two of us this yeah. week. Going back and forth. Touching on a topic we've hit for, zombies... Well, sort of. Does Dead Snow count as a proper zombie film? Um, I, I, I like to think that no, because it's obviously it's Nazi zombies. But no, I, I don't think so. Well, I suppose to an extent, this one doesn't really count either, uh, with a little or a little gimmick at least. Uh, for those who haven't seen Army of the Dead. Uh, Give a bit of a build up to it. You know, do you like zombie films? I, do you like heist films? But you're gonna fucking hate this. And I say that not knowing how you answer to either of those two. Because <laughs> it doesn't matter at all. Yeah, I, I loved I love zombie films, just I love uh, not like the I don't like the political undertones that are like, Oh, you're all consumers and whatnot. That I couldn't give a shit about that. But I like just the concept of just like this shambling, like pathetic thing is like, yeah, this is the end of your planet as you know it. And I'm one of those dickheads that have like their own, like, all right, if a zombie apocalypse ever happens, bearing in mind, I know for a fact I'm the dude that gets eaten in the back of a car. Uh, I have like a plan of if I'm ever in a zombie apocalypse, I know what I'm doing. I fully understand I'm a coward, steal someone's car and ram it into a tree somewhere down the road and get ripped apart. Yeah. Or the fucking mouthy twat from Shaun of the Dead who just walks up to a window and gets his guts ripped out. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I I think I've said this on the podcast before, but I'm the dude that's like, right, we're all part of a team. No one panic. No one, no one run away. We all have our part to play. And then as soon as any kind of shit happens, I'm the first one to run away. I'm getting into a car, locking the doors, and like, there's a zombie in the back of the fucking in the uh, in the back seats, and I get eaten while all of the other people are like, well, we're safe, thanks. Oh yeah, I'm practicing my Wilhelm scream, ready for it. <laughs> I'm going out. I'm going out in style. Memorable. Uh, so doing this one touch differently, we're going to go for the modern one first. Well, I say modern. The more modern one. It's about what fifteen year difference between the two. Yeah. Twenty nineteen. I think so. A little bit, give or take. Uh. Partially because I just think it's going to flow a touch better, a bit more to say about Army of the Dead, and partially because uh, our audience, you're all dicks that like watching us to be in pain, you like watching us suffer through films we hate, our viewership skyrockets whenever we watch films that are dreadful because you're all twats. Yeah, thanks for that. You like watching us in pain, but if there's actual something that we like, you're like, nah, not interested. So we'll give you the courtesy of just doing the former first. Yeah, we'll do the worst. Uh, so ju- jumping into cast and crew, directed by Zack Snyder, uh, who also did the DP and co-wrote. More wrote. You, 
his fingerprints are all fucking over it. So Zack Snyder, of uh, the films I've seen him do, recent DC stuff, Batman v Superman's the last one I've watched. Didn't bother with the rest. Uh, Watchmen, which I know comic book loyalists really hate it, but I'll stand by it as just a pretty solid film, generally, without the subtlety or any of the undertones, but hey, you get what you get. Uh, 300, which I don't think either of us has seen. I've seen 300. Oh, fair enough. Good old Gerard Butler. Yeah, yeah, an Irish or is it Scottish uh, playing a Scottish man? Yeah, it was great. He does a good job, I think. I've, I've seen that epic rap battles. It seemed about right now. <laughs> and uh, Sucker Punch. Unfortunately, I've seen which, that too, yeah. Yeah, I've been told it's terrible. No. So, yeah, Zack Schneider, probably what you'd call, what is an author? <clears throat> author? Autist? Not autist. Yeah, no, it's Possibly not. autist, actually. <laughs> Bit of both. Uh, I can't remember the exact phrase now, but it basically means that their directing influences the film and you can tell they're the one who's directed it. They change the story just by directing it. And it sounds like a good thing, but that description could quite easily be placed on, uh, obviously, the classics. Alfred Hitchcock could get that. Uh, but then again, Michael Bay, Tommy Wiseau, definitely. He influences his films massively. <laughs> How's your sex life? Yeah. And Zack Schneider has a lot of interesting problems. First, that he's a complete edgelord. And a complete twat. You know where, like, during Batman v Superman, mm-hmm. supposedly, he wanted to have Batman raped just to prove that he was able to do comic books justice? He wanted Batman raped. Yeah. I don't know the context beyond that, whether it's like random people or whether it's like Superman just fucking <laughs> going at him. Just, Martha, Martha, Martha! Wait, he wanted, Bat- he wanted Batman raped in Batman vs. Superman? Yeah. Well, that- just to prove that he was like good enough to do Batman. That, that would have been a different film. I think. I think there's I think there's a few of those films online. <laughs> That's Batman. Just Pornhub. There's probably a few with Batman and Superman going at it. Yeah. In fact, no, I know there is. Don't ask why. I'm, just, I'm fully aware there are. That involve cages. Okay. Do we want to okay. review that one? <laughs> Jumping into the film, though. <laughs> In terms of his, he did the director of photography, which generally a mistake whenever uh, directors take hold of the camera. It's often just too much, and it definitely was the case in this. I don't know if Zack Schneider was focus pulling as well, or if he just shat on the focus pull as Mother's Grave. But load of sections in it with a POV, it's like straight in your face. So basically you've got the image and then everything behind it's blurry as fuck, which is horrible. And also, why you decided to DP on a project like this, where you know there's so much shit happening, where you've got massive CGI everywhere, you've got loads of extras running back and forth, and you're focused on this one camera, it's insane. But I suppose Netflix are happy to pay for it, so... Yeah, I mean, he probably got his money worth, so what does he give a shit? 
a couple of the writers working on it. Uh, Joby, so Joby, Joby Harold, also done Awake, uh, King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, really terrible, and Robin Hood. Seems to be great at demythologizing. Really great English folklore, pointlessly. Uh, and then you've got kind of a rising star, uh, Shay Hatton, who did Army of Thieves and then the John Wick 3 Parabellum, which was really good. Didn't really need that much writing, now I think about it. I just Keanu punches someone. Keanu throws a knife at someone. I love the way he got this job. Got to be the easiest job ever. Uh, Cast-wise, probably the most surprisingly competent of the lot. I don't know if this is me being cynical, but Dave Bautista, uh, playing Scott Ward, did a really, really good straight man through the whole thing. Yeah. Obviously, got Guardians as... um, Was it Drax? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Stuber, Blade Runner... 2049, where he played a replicant at the start, which was really good as well. But yeah, he did really good. Yeah, weirdly, he he's actually a really good actor. Uh, I, I, not all wrestlers turn out to be great actors. I mean, look at Hulk Hogan and um, like John Cena and shit. But oh, that's harsh. Uh, John Cena did. It was the only good part of uh, the Fred film. I can say that for him. Yeah, but if someone squeaked out a fart, it'd be better than the entirety of the the Fred film. So, I mean, can't give him that much credit. You've got Mickey Rourke, obviously, the classic. Uh, the guy who starred in Sin City, can't remember his name for the life of me. I know Rey Mysterio has done some good stuff. And obviously, El Santo, classic hero of horror. Oh shit, yeah. Yeah, we'll probably be watching that at some point. I'm sure there's a couple others, but... Oh, Andre. Not Andre. Um, Yeah, Andre the Giant. Oh yeah, he was in Princess Bride, wasn't he? Yeah, really good job. Classic, but... Yeah, Dave Bautista, he's done a lot of comedic stuff before, but this was really knocked it out of the park. Right, the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, I hope he gets more stuff. Especially now he's getting on. Can't be in wrestling forever. Oh, uh, playing his daughter. Oh shit. Yeah, sorry. I haven't fucking done anything with it since like 2016, so. Yeah, it's fair. Uh, daughter Ella Pernell, uh, Kate Ward, in Mrs. Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, which I think was a film that came out a few years ago, starring Eva Green, girl from uh, Penny Dreadful. Uh, also in Kick Ass 2, which is shit. Maleficent, which is yeah. Uh, Matthias, German word, uh, playing Ludwig, who was in A Hundred Things, What a Man, The Most Beautiful Day, a few other German things. Comic relief, really irritating. I think a good actor, but I couldn't get past him just annoying me. <laughs> uh, Richard Centrone, Zeus, uh, stunt performer. Done a lot of stuff with Zack Schneider. Really likes working with the guy. Uh, done Batman v Superman, Justice League. Also was in Sucker Punch. Uh, and all the Underworld films, I believe, as werewolves. Oh, did he play uh, the rubber werewolves in that? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Can't blame him for that. 
Mm. And he did a decent job in this. Got past everything he needed. Yes. Yeah, uh, right. And then finishing off, uh, Tig Nataro, you know, with played Marianne Peters, uh, replaced a man called Krista Ella. Have you heard about all this? No. So yeah, uh, Tig Nataro, she's a comedian uh, in Star Trek Discovery, new show, and a lot of stand up stuff mm. and the like. I saw a couple things before we did this on the Ellen show. She's decent. You know, kind of um, that uh, alternate comedy. Yeah. Like Norm MacDonald-y. But yeah, so what Krista Ella had filmed all his scenes for it and they, they were done. They were rapping and finishing it off. And then he had some uh, accusation, uh, accusations of sexual misconduct that and the like. I think it was with minors and everything, photos and the like. All a bit dodgy. And Netflix decided to replace him. Uh, which probably a smart move. Cost a shitload, but, you know, better safe than sorry. And then they're bringing uh, Tig in, the, the helicopter pilot. And she is CG'd into every single scene. So she acted all by herself. Wait, did she? Uh, yeah. I didn't pick that up if that was the case. I think if you know it, you can. Yeah. But from what I can tell, she's a genuinely fairly funny woman who knows when to say lines and stuff, knows where to put the emphasis. And yeah, there's a couple of things when you know it that you can see, eh, that was a bit off. You should have probably said it like that. You should have said that a bit sooner. But generally speaking, for being shoved <clears throat> in the film at the last minute, I don't blame her. She's did a pretty damn good job with the job she had. Yeah. To be fair, it was a bit of a shit film anyway, so uh, I may have just zoned out and not been paying much attention to the CG bit. Yeah, you can definitely tell. Mm. There's a lot of stuff with um, slightly breaking the rule of 180 occasionally. Yeah. As well, where they twist around a bit. Uh, and they keep her separate almost at all times, obviously, because they've got to digitally render her in. The rendering was really good as well, to be fair. Uh, beyond like the acting stuff, you couldn't tell that she was rendered indirectly. Uh, outside of cast and crew, so box office and budget, 80 million US dollars budget, which is fairly sizable. They did a pretty good job using it. Uh, box office, technically a million. But as it's a Netflix project, they've just released it to, I presume, like, a couple cinemas in LA for some retard to think it would get an Oscar. This is like a four-week minimum. You have to have it theatrical uh, to be eligible for Oscars and the like. More important than that, there was 6.17 million full plays during the first five, six days that it was up on Netflix. Now, Netflix don't release all their viewership, generally do so for films that are really successful. Or films they've hyped up massively and kind of have to. Yeah. Uh, and this is done decently. Not quite as much as Bird Box or that terrible fucking Will Smith film, Bright. But in comparison, uh, yeah, it probably made its money worth. Yeah. In terms yeah. of subscription. Yeah. 
I, I've, I've noticed as much as people bitch about, like, zombie films in general, like, oh, it's always the same thing, or, you know, it's like, oh, they get boring and repetitive and whatnot, people still go to see them, so, of course they're going to be making them, like, why wouldn't they want to make more money? The thing is, I always wonder how much it'd actually make if they'd release it to cinema and people had to pay to go see it. Yeah. Clearly it'd be less. I mean, I, I think, to be fair, because <clears throat> of COVID-19 and whatnot, they may have done the right thing. Obvi- well, they obviously did the right thing. Everyone's sitting at home, or everyone was sitting at home, bored out of their minds. So they're like, oh, fuck it, let's just put this thing on. So I can tell you as someone who goes <laughs> to cinemas on like a weekly basis that, yeah, they did the right thing because they're fucking empty. Yeah. They've been empty the last four years. I think I could live in them. <coughs> Well, like, yeah, I could live in them oh, yeah. for the next just give, few give months and get away with it. And I will fucking happily live somewhere. Uh, that's I'm not sa- all I need. I'm sad I don't think anyone would notice. Oh. I could get away with it because I'd be the only fucker in there <laughs> for weeks on end. <coughs> it's populated now by like just fucking me and little tumbleweeds that have somehow immigrated from America just bouncing along. Ah, you can have some popcorn kernels too. I'll throw some of them at you. Uh, so, trivia-wise, first digital film Schneider's done, he used uh, tape and everything before this. I don't know why. It's just a far bigger pain in the ass and costs way more. Uh, for years before this as well, he spent time buying every single 1960s-era Canon dream lens he could find to try to give it that slightly grainy look. I think, yeah, this highlights kind of the problem with Schneider. He's a director, he's not a writer. Like he can do cinematography stuff and he can make it look really good, but he can't write dialogue or little details. He doesn't know how long a scene should go on. He can't make interesting characters, but he can make fairly nice set pieces. Yeah, it's, it's just a problem for all of his stuff. Uh, very little CGI as well. I say very little. Very little to what they had to do. So obviously a lot of the Vegas sites are on a budget of just like 80 million. They had to do a shitload of CGI to increase the uh, number of zombies and populate it round. Yeah. But you know um, Helm's Deep, the Uruk and shit? Yeah. Kind of copy and pasted. Yeah, they kind of did that. They had 150 extras pictured all around them and then had copy and pasted it to make the seemingly thousands upon thousands. Same with a lot of the landmarks. That everything they stepped on, I believe was real uh, but then outside they were just looking at CGI which is fine yeah my yeah my philosophy is always if you can do it physically do it physically but if you can't and in this case they clearly can't money wise then yeah I can go for it uh, went through development hell generally it's been in the shoots since about 2004 the idea being tossed about and it had gone from director to director, people leaving. Uh, James Gunn was originally going to be cast along, but he ended up jumping onto the new Suicide Squad film that looks fucking awful from the trailers. So, tell that as you will. Yeah, that's what John said. Yeah. That too. I'm good. <laughs> she is, yeah. Yep. yep. At least he's having fun. I suppose. Can't no one else and he can't is make watching it him, but 
can't make it any worse. The fucking travesty against the Suicide Squad original film. I fucking love those animated films. You know, the Ticket from Hell and um, Escape from, Escape from Arkham. Yeah. yeah. Great. I've never actually watched never. the animated ones. I've watched, I've watched like obviously Batman by or Gaslight Batman or whatever the fuck it's called, but um, Batman by Gaslight or uh, Samurai Batman. That one was shit. Um, but yeah, m- most mostly DC stuff can be pretty fucking good. But sorry, never mind. That went off on the tangent. Talking about tangents, I'm going to very quickly jump off on something. Uh, and for anyone in the audience who hasn't watched Ocean's Eleven, I won't spoil any direct points, but occasionally I'll jump into it. Just for the sake of Steph as well, obviously he hasn't seen it. So this film was marketed really as a heist zombie film. It was kind of a 50-50 emphasis. And trying to be both, it's neither. In my mind perfect heist film, there are three points that you have to hit, and you have to do them 100% fucking perfect. If you fail on one, everything's terrible. So, first point, I said I'm going to use Ocean's Eleven for this, right? So, your first point, you've got setting up all the characters, setting up kind of your crew, that you've got to go to individually to each person and go, yeah, we need you for this specific skill, which this film fails at miserably. Uh, so Ocean's Eleven, go through Matt Damon as an example. So he's a pickpocket in the film Matt Damon. And he pickpockets round and you see George Clooney on like uh, one of those metros, you know, like Spider-Man 2 that he stops mm. on the train car. Yeah, and he's pickpocketing Matt Damon, just going around pickpocketing people. And then eventually he gets towards the bar, noticed already that Clooney's following him. And through the whole thing, pickpockets Clooney at one point as they're talking. It's a really nice visual way of showing that, yeah, it's a cocky little shit, but he is really skilled. Mm-hmm. And there you've set up uh, a character nice and visually so the audience don't have to be told anything, you don't have to guess anything. To contrast that with this, like we go to uh, Dieter's introduction. It's a guy who's an amazing safe cracker in this film, we're told. He's the best of the best. And the most we have to go on is that they give him safe blueprint and he says yeah i really want to do it it's not interesting in any way yeah like it'll probably it would probably be a bit of a bigger change but if they they're obviously up to no good anyway so they they want to break into a fucking safe so have him on a job or have him like have his own like locksmith shop so you actually see him doing his skill uh, at least that way you can kind of go like instead of being like cracked over the head with more dialogue like oh yeah I'm the world's best fucking safe cracker and whatnot. just show that he's decent at it and then we'll just believe you on the rest or even just like I'd be thinking a scene where you see him in a prison they go to get him and as like the guards say yeah he's this expert safe cracker and all this just have him escape the prison yeah. Just have them open the door and just walk next to them going, yeah, I'll take the job. Yeah, It's a really simple way of showing that, yeah, this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. I think they tried to play him off as like the, haha, isn't this the funny comic relief, but he's also an interesting, like, integral part of the team. Like, 
I don't know, it just... Oh, I hated it. Yeah. But yeah, on to point two anyway. So the second thing you have to do in a heist film, and this is by far and away the most important of the three, is the planning stage. This should take up the vast majority of your film. And this film has no fucking planning in it whatsoever. I think Ocean's Eleven, 60% of the film's planning. And then actually doing the heist is at the end of it. I think the most of the planning was here. They didn't tell you how they were going to get in. And they had no idea what they were doing when they got in there. They didn't know about the alphas. They didn't know about the security on the safe, which kind of confused me. Because you're the ones breaking in there and it's his fucking safe. Mm-hmm. Why didn't he say, yeah, these are the things that you'll see in there. And yet that's half the fun of it then. You're told what the obstacles are. And then they come up with solutions to it. And then later when you get into point three which is, you know, the end, the actual heist, you can do one of two things. You can either subvert expectations and have a little twist, which is what Ocean's Eleven does. Uh, Or, and again, this is partially Ocean's Eleven, you have uh, something go wrong or a few things go wrong. And then from the characters that you established at the start, they use what they had then to improvise and to overcome the obstacle. But the problem with this film is you have no planning whatsoever, so we don't know what they're going into. So there's no chance for them to really improvise and it look cool, going, yeah, this is a security. Oh, it's fucked up in this way, but he's really smart, so we can improvise and he'll do this. There's nothing like that in this. Yeah. It's just, here's an obstacle. Yeah, they're getting over it. Here's an obstacle. Yes, they go. It's not a heist film. Yeah, I I think they tried to make this... How, how can I explain? Um, it, it, they tried to make this as many genres as they possibly could, maybe, like in the one film. Like, it seems like they wanted their action movie, kind of large explosions or large set pieces and whatnot. But they also wanted, like, a undercurrent of, like, heist movie slash, like, romance kind of... Or not romance, but like family drama thing, and it was just like meh. Like if you try to make something too many things at once, it gets kind of convoluted and just becomes nothing. Yeah, and it's two and a half hours bloody long. I don't want to watch a two and a half hour long zombie film. It's the same with like Dawn of the Dead, nineteen seventy eight. I love the film, but fucking hell does it go on. And this one, it didn't end. It went on and on and on and on. It takes them, I think, 50 minutes to get in. Yeah. Uh, like, to the uh, actual place. I, I don't know. Like, uh, Alright, setting up the main characters, like background and whatnot, I'm completely okay for. But when they introduced the other characters, it was like, nope, this one's just got a fucking angle grinder, that guy's got, uh, or that woman's got an assault rifle, that guy's got a hat, and at that point I was just like, oh, that's hat prick, that's sunglasses prick, that's security guard prick. Like, I, yeah. I, I had no interest in any of the characters. I know I do this for every film that we talk about. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, it's, it's ginger girl, or it's fucking, it's fucking shit priest, or whatever. I don't, 
Yeah. And I'll I'll tell you right now, I can't remember their fucking names. Yeah. yeah. Like the most I've got is there's the fucking Twitch douche. The guy on TikTok for likes and stuff, yeah. who I hated. And the twat he brings along with him. Uh there's the annoying German, the guy with the angle grinder. I think there's a woman who's really into Dave Batista. Dave Batista, the girl they bring in pointlessly, and the prick who comes from the company. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and the fucking pilot. I think yeah, that's it. There's nine no, of them. No, there's one more. No, uh, sorry, there's two more. There's the woman that came in with the TikTok prick, and then there's the other woman that basically did. She's like a, she's like a runner. Or something, so she goes into oh, the shit, yeah. place and like takes people through and whatnot to find money and whatnot. But there's her as well. But... The French woman who couldn't act for shit. How do I forget? Yeah, I mean, if I go back to like again, I hate to jump on Ocean's Eleven and stuff, or even like Suicide Squad, the two animated films. I can name them. Mm-hmm. You've got Black Tiger, you've got Deadshot, you've got Harley Quinn. You've got, so that you've got the big fucking Russian. Who I can't remember his name. You get killed at the start. Uh, you got Killer Frost. You got Viper, but like George Clooney stuff. I know you got Bernie Mac. You got George Clooney. You got Brad Pitt. And then yeah, go through. You actually remember their characters and you remember their quirks. But this is nothing. Yeah. Uh, so before like this goes on all night, should probably jump in and talk about the film. So more rambling about pointless shit, realistically. Yeah. Starting with five minutes, though, I'm going to pretty much just skip over. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It came up on YouTube, like the first 10 minutes of the film, that army setup. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, the, the first little Vegas bit, which I ignored uh, coming into it. And yeah, this is awful. It's really boring conversation between two guys in an army truck who were either blind, oblivious, or retarded. Possibly all three. As far as I know, is they hit a car in the middle of a fucking Vegas highway. And then an uh, explosion happens because apparently they were carrying Semtex by the fucking pounds in the back. Yeah, fuck, I, I have no fucking idea what the fuck was going on there. Like, what are the chances of a dude getting a blowjob coming away from Vegas in the car while a military fucking convoy is on the in the up going in the opposite direction on a fucking deserted road with only those two fucking vehicles on the road? Like, what what's the chances of those two fucking colliding at any point? Yeah, it's fucking terrible. I mean, making it even worse, the stupidity of the military guys was just astounding. Starting off with, as basically the alpha Zeus big guy knocks down the uh, metal door, opens it up, steps out, starts killing military back and forth. The lead guy for the military decides to leave the car running away and just starts running instead. You've yeah. got a functional car there, mate. You're like, run it. And then they run roughly like 100, 150 metres, still being able to hear the screams of the zombie and go, yeah, that's far enough. We're safe. That'll, that'll do it. And then hearing the screams going, what was that? I don't know, a fucking cuckoo. What do you think it was, mate? 
I'll give you 20 questions. Yeah. Yeah. I have nothing else to say about that scene just because, like you said, it is literally just nonsensical bullshit. I, I think they were like, oh, we need to set up like a credible threat that um, kind of can take on our military and, like, you know. But, I mean, it really wasn't. I mean, a dude fist fight fought it at the end and won, so. Yeah, I think that's my biggest problem with the start of this. Like most zombie films, including Dawn of the Dead, we'll be talking about later, and like Shaun of the Dead. Uh, I know Night of the Living had a meteor, but generally, you didn't know how it properly started. They don't tell you how these things start, because then people will sit down and go, oh yeah, this is bullshit, the army would deal with it in seconds. It just wouldn't be a fucking problem. To be fair, to an extent they did in this film as well, they just quarantined Vegas and nuked it. Which I think... I think is a common thing on just any kind of zombie film. It's like, oh, that we'll just assume that town's fucked. Nuke it. Be alright. I think that may be just an American thing now, maybe. I think in, in like... I've, no, I've never seen 21 Days Later or whatever it is. 28 Days Later. 28 Days Later. No, um, technically they're napalm in 28 weeks oh. when it re gets out. But at that point, it's got out twice. It's, and that's a rage virus. I'm more willing to sit down with that because like every drop of blood's a problem. But with actual zombies, you need bites and stuff. And beyond like World War Z, uh, Resident Evil, a couple of other properties. Yeah. Reanimator. Yeah, it's going to be fucking easy to deal with. you got tanks. How do you lose? Uh, but yeah, after all that, getting into some of the positives, probably my favourite five minutes of the film. Possibly the safe later. But just the little uh, Viva Las Vegas section. Uh, quite a nice cover. I think, yeah, it was a cover, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Fairly close to the original, but it served the purpose it needed. Is this the like the slow mo cuts of? Yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I didn't like that. It, I, I get you want to show like, uh, these characters have been through shit. They know what they're doing, whatever. But it, it doesn't really. I mean, to make... less less so that stuff, right? And more so, like, Liberace being eaten by... Or, like, the porn star being eaten by strippers. <laughs> and Elvis getting blown up and the fake Eiffel Tower falling down, yeah. napalm being used on Vegas Strip. I mean, That's you... what I want to see. Yeah, but for me, uh, the Zombieland did that whole thing better. Like, the whole oh. opening to that was perfect for it. Yeah, I won't deny. I mean, it reminded me a lot of a game that came out, Dead Island. Yeah. And a lot of the promo material to that was kind of the opening stages of it all, and it was all maddening, and then it was kind of a bit shit. Yeah. The actual game, as you were a touch after it. Uh, yeah, Zombieland did the same kind of thing. You had an opening sea of zombies killing different people. Dawn of the Dead does the same kind of thing. 
seeing the world start to go to shit through news sites. Yeah. And yeah, I'll, I'll grant you, this is, does it the worst of the lot by some margin. But it had the most character to it. It was the most Vegas. I think this is the only point in the film where I felt this actually took place in Vegas and not in, like, fucking Blackpool. Yeah, but to be fair, that's probably because you see a lot of the landmarks and shit in that opening scene, whereas the rest of the film's like, we're inside a random casino, we're inside a fucking vault, like, we're on a rooftop. Yeah, that's what I want to see. I want to see the fucking Statue of Liberty holding up the fake one. I want to yeah. see, like, giant casinos, a huge strip. I want to see... I mean, the tiger was a really good touch, but, yeah, Elvis's uh, performers running up and down, zombified casino lot. Just, I want to see people at the fucking slots still going and dying. Yeah. I think... It, maybe it's my, like, uh, stupid English brain, but for me... If someone's like, oh, yeah, let's go to Las Vegas and have a weekend or whatever, it is it is all that. It's literally all the fucking Elvis impersonators. You've got people out on the streets, like, fucking doing all crazy shit. You've got all these different kinds of people, but every zombie in this film was literally like, they wear a pair of jeans and a hoodie. Yeah, it's shit. And I, I want to say, like, ridiculous fucking Bruce Springsteen uh, trousers yeah, with the little yeah. white stuff falling off them. Shit and fucking tassels coming off the fucking trousers and blue suede shoes and all that bullshit. But you're like, now nah, it's another dude with an, in a, a hoodie and a fucking pair of jeans. I mean, this film was really brown. Yeah. yeah. I, I know it's a desert. And... But thinking... Um, Game I really like back in 2011, Fallout New Vegas. You had different elements of like the strip in that. And you had the Sierra Madre, which was all built out. And yeah, it was post apocalypse. You had a lot of brown in that as well. A lot of orangey kind of tint to it. But there was life there. Like the, the strip did have different personalities in each place. You had built up, and there's nothing like that in this. It could be set in Blackpool. Yeah. It, yeah, I mean, it'd be more depressing if we're better as a horror film in Blackpool. Just film Blackpool. <laughs> yeah, it's not one. zombies. It's just depressed people in Blackpool. I mean, it, it is zombies. It's people in Blackpool. It's worse than zombies. I know. Uh, fucking. Fuck off, mate. Ving Rains in the Dawn of the Dead says the thing's worse than dying living in fucking Blackpool. A <laughs> uh, couple things I noted out during that scene. Just here and there. Uh, one, an angle grinder has got to be a fucking awful weapon to use. Can't be efficient in the slightest. Nothing like a bat, a sledgehammer. Yeah, yeah. like if, what seems to me is an angle grinder. You have to get awfully fucking close to a zombie to use an angle grinder. And but, then worse than that, by miles, was the parachuting. I Why? I don't even remember the parachuting. Army people being parachuted in directly into the horde, and they just fired at the zombies below, and they were eaten immediately. Why did they get parachuted there? It's it's as stupid as you're picturing it right now. Just like parachuted down into a horde, firing off a pistol into as many as they can, and dying immediately when they hit the ground. 
I was under the impression that, that like they missed their mark or they missed where they were supposed to be jumping to. I, that many of them. Yeah, we, we've already figured out that the way. military in this film are shit. Yeah, the guy doesn't get into a tank and just stands on top of it. Yeah. I mean, why would you use heavy ordnance against a, fucking, a large horde of people? Or zombies? Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. And you have to do that in a film like this when you set up the zombies. You have to make the army look like shit. Because otherwise it'd be a whitewash. So they've got tanks. Yeah, but it's fucking stupid when it's like, oh yeah, the army can't do anything, but this one man can fight through a fucking, like, metric fuck ton of them. Like, I get you want to make him a badass, but, like, be careful you don't make him a Mary Sue and he's like, oh, he'll never fucking die. And he was then, a bit through this, actually, yeah. Yeah. And then... Obviously, what they do with every Mary Sue character, they're like, oh, you think he's a Mary Sue? He dies. <laughs> Fuck off. Sorry, I, 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 I've noticed that I tend to... Um, I start off being like, yeah, yeah, it's a bad film, but it's got its good qualities, and then the more I talk about it, I'm like, Fuck this fucking film. No one less deserving. Yeah, you, you have to talk about it. Yeah. Waste your time with it. <laughs> uh, going back to Snow's edginess, at least I feel it. Uh, tactical nuke on the 4th of July. Yeah. But the ultimate fireworks show. And the way they say it, it's something like, I think it would be really patriotic. Yeah. I think it'd be really patriotic in a weird way. And all this stuff. Really? Yeah, like, President said we're, that? We're liberating America by nuking the fuck out of Las Vegas. Right. Mm. Well, I suppose this would be 2019, 2018. So Trump said, actually, <laughs> ignore what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he might do that. I'm going to build a world around this thing. I need to get on that. There's something about Trump I'm going to say at the end. Okay. I think he had a very specific, Snyder had a very specific uh, message he wanted to get through politically that was less like undertoned subtly and more with a brick with overtones written on it and fucking solid black markers smacked into someone's head of uh, wall bad immigrants need help too and at the end of it you find oh yeah the black guy at the angle grinder is going over to Mexico City and he's going to affect the whole place so you know what in retrospect Trump's wall not a bad idea Mm. A weird way endorses if there's ever a massive zombie apocalypse in Mexico City specifically. Trump's wall, in retrospect, yeah. probably was a good idea. You're going to regret not doing that. I don't know if that was his intention, but that's how it came across to me. Fuck knows, mate. Uh, so, that, I think it takes like 15 minutes to get through all that. And you're introduced... I say introduce, not really. You see that they can fight, all right. Mm-hmm. You don't see any camaraderie. You don't see anything uh, beyond like Scott's characters developed a little bit with the mother being shot in the head and him saving uh, Kate from the closet. But no one else really is you know, built upon. It's just all yeah. Yeah, and then after that, like whole fucking like. Bit 
it doesn't it shoot does just switch to now he works in a burger joint. Yeah. Like, all right, he's an incredible badass that has like really good fucking weapon skill and fucking he can handle himself in any kind of situation. Yeah, we'll just leave him here to flip burgers. Yeah, that jobs a bouncer at least. Uh, that makes sense to anyone. Removal guy. I'm trying to think what strength helps you with. Like, Security, something. Not even that. Like, oh, the government knows that they're obviously there doing their shit. So I'll just be like, oh, he seems to be doing better than our entire fucking military. Let's just hire him. Yeah, was he saved like the foreign secretary or something? Ah, uh, I have no fucking idea, mate. Yeah, it's what the uh, like the head said. He saves the foreign secretary, and now he's flipping burgers. Yeah. And that kind of comes to... Sorry, why is he doing that? If he'd saved this guy? Yeah, that dude is internally in that dude's gratitude. And I imagine he'd have a job for him. But, nah. You can flip burgers, mate. I couldn't give a shit about you. I... Quick, we'll quickly go through like the team. Then we'll go on to Kate, the fucking moron. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her mate, Gita. I hope I write that name down right because I don't remember her at all. No, I don't. Don't remember what really. she looked like. Don't remember her name. Uh, yeah, they have to put together the team. The classic situation: we need to build a team to heist out a vault. Uh, the insurance money's already paid off, but he wants the money anyway. So he's basically paying fifty million, and. Batista is two mates are taking 15 between the three of them and then they've got 5 million to give to there's the I'm not going to go back through the numbers of people because I'm going to forget them again yeah it was like between uh, between like 9 more people no between 8 more people there's like a 5 mil between them I wouldn't take it for that much no but, especially if Especially if I am like like you've written in your notes. If I'm the safe guy, I have had no combat training, no nothing, and they're like, yeah, yeah, you're gonna come in with us to this like this uh, heavily infested zombie Las Vegas. Um, we'll get you there. Don't worry. I'll be like, you can fuck off. Uh, I'll just stay here and like steal from normal safes. Thanks you. Uh, the ones that aren't surrounded by fucking hordes of zombies. I'll make I mean, for me, you do that. Yeah, for me as well, that was always... Oh, the nukes going off in two days. So you've got two days to do it? Yeah, I'm, I'm the only safe guy for miles? Nah. Six million. Or I fucking walk, and good luck getting in. Yeah. Fuck you! Yeah, I suppose oh, yeah. That, that would be a fucking large help as well. Like, oh, that city's getting nuked in two days? Yeah... I probably don't want to do that either. Actually, he's the only guy around that can get in, so they've got no choice. They'll just charge ridiculous amounts, for yeah. fuck's sake. More than 250 Although, to be fair, I wouldn't want to be the safe guy and piss them off and be like, yeah, you're paying me six mil, only to have them or finish the job, and then they're like, all right, we've got a gun, shoot you, bye. Yeah, I think that comes out to my real biggest problem with the film, yeah. in that... Why did they get like this ragtag group of morons rather than hiring an actual mercenary company? It's got I want you to do this. And uh, the big twist, I say big twist, it was fucking obvious. 
uh, is that he's not interested in the money, the guy who's hiring them. He's interested in a zombie head. Mm-hmm. Why didn't he just tell them? Yeah. Like, I, it seems to be a thing with a, a lot of these films. It's like, oh, we're going to send someone in with an ulterior motive just because we can fuck people over. But I feel like if you just told them, yeah, we need this like one specific zombie's head because it seems like they're evolving or if they're whatever, it'd be like, oh, okay. I, I suppose we'll fucking uh, change our fucking... Uh, the amount that we want accordingly, but I mean, and and to that note, what they could have done is just got in there, looked towards the two zombies, shot one, immediately captured the woman, and done. <laughs> yeah, sleeve. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that would have. Yeah, I suppose that wouldn't be wouldn't have been much of a film though for for. for yeah, beyond that, if you want to make a film. Just don't betray them. Be as, you know, you're hugely lowering your chances of survival. And just say, oh yeah, we need the head as well. So if you can get the money, I'll get the head. And we'll all leave together. Yeah. Because betraying you is stupid. Because that doesn't mean I'm paid more. I just lose all the money in the vault as well. Yeah. So why do it? It just seemed pointless to me. The whole thing, the whole betraying thing. Even if you don't want to tell them, just put the head in a bag and go, oh, the zombies have gone nuts now, we'd better leave. And I want all of you to come with me, because the more guns, the better, really. Which, you know, increases our chance of survival. And me trying to shoot or betray you means I might get shot by you. So I'm not going to do that. I won't tell you about the head. And we'll go our merry fucking ways. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It just tells me that Zack Schneider can't write for shit. Going through the rest of Batista's stuff, uh, first I do love that he just phones up the boss on the night and more or less says, I don't like you. I don't like you and you don't like me, but I'm going to have to work with you. What a great way to start your working relationship. Can you imagine phoning your boss, like your new one, in the morning and go, I fucking hate you. Looking forward to work? Yeah fucking great way of coming off nicely just have yeah. a professional attitude another reason why they should have just hired a merc company and just gone yeah we'll get professionals to do this and not some ragtag fucking moron yeah I feel like if you hire a merc company no matter what you tell them as long as you're like yeah we're gonna go in and get this fucking zombie head they'll be like alright this is the price we'll do it whereas if you hire some out-of-town dicks that are like, yeah, we're going to go in and get this zombie head, they'll most likely be like, no. I think they just get lucky because Dave Batista's like, oh, I've got a, I've got a daughter that's, you know, she, she's estranged from me, and, uh, and you know, I want to get her some money so she can live a life and go to college and whatnot. But it's like, if it was literally any normal person... They'd be like, you can fuck off, mate. You want me to go in? Where? No. I love as well that whole thing that, oh, you've got 48 hours. You've got by 4pm tomorrow is what he says. Yeah. To get a team together. Like, yeah, I need an expert safecracker by 4pm tomorrow. Nah, I can't do that. Can you get them, please? Yeah. Who do you think I am? The fucking A to Z. 
Like, by 4pm tomorrow, I've got to fly them in from... Convince them and fly them in by that time. If they're not conveniently within the Las Vegas area. Great. Yeah. Like, I, oh yeah, I heard about this one great safe cracker in Japan. Oh, you need him by 4 o'clock tomorrow. Nah, never mind. Um, I'm out. Uh, so yeah, just like finishing off the Batista part. So we've gone over that the planning stage is just rubbish. Yeah. They talk about a helicopter on there. Uh, I know one of the security guys mentions, oh, if you need any more stuff, we can get it for you and no one asks for anything. Because, you know, that might be interesting in some way. To go, yeah, we want grappling hooks, or we want climbing spikes, or we want this and that. You know, because that's the fun part, planning now, it. One of them was like, yeah, I'd want an angle grinder and like six uh, jerry cans of fuel, please, for it. Does he use that for anything? Uh, cuts a wall down at some point, actually. That's one yeah, thing that happens towards the chopper. cuts a wall down a little bit later on. Um, but he uses explosives otherwise on the safe doors and stuff. Yeah. So he could have just got explosives, probably. and you I know, think grabbed. he attacks one zombie with it, maybe, but that's about it. I mean, again, angle grind is the least effective weapon yeah. imaginable. Grab, like, a mallet. Anything. A gun. A gun works really well. You don't yeah. even have to get close. I have a more specific problem with a weapon choice in the in the Dawn of the Dead film, but um, we'll get. Oh, to the that mallet. Later. Yeah, yeah. The fucking like the thing that you expect to yeah. go squeak yeah. on it. Yeah, the he's like, clone. I'm gonna put down this this steel fucking crowbar, and I'm gonna pick up a wooden crochet mallet. That, to be fair, to the film, does nothing. <laughs> yeah. Like, he has to break it over the dude's fucking head before he can use it to actually kill him. Whereas oh, that's the, crowbar... the mop. Huh? That's the mop by the side of him. He doesn't even uh, fucking use the mallet. But yeah. Just... I feel like a single crack with a crowbar would probably kill him. So, why didn't you it... just keep the crowbar? it fucking kill me. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, beyond the getting... planning stage and stuff... Comic relief from Dieter's painful. Genuinely. Um, and I don't quite understand why they didn't get the pilot to do a lot of this stuff. Because, you know, she's a comedian. And she knows how to say it. Yeah, when to say it. I, to be fair, she's the only one I kind of enjoyed. That whole part where they were getting her from the place and she said, I don't care what the job is, yeah, I'm taking it. Mm. That's funny. Not asking anything for this huge amount of cash, presumably hugely dangerous, and she goes, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, that's amusing. The rest of it, all the comedy in this film falls fucking flat otherwise. Yeah, I I, I can't. I, I think maybe it is like a. Maybe like a Zombieland thing, or it, I know I keep going back to it, but. Like, oh, we need to have at least one zany out there character, which was like, what, Jesse Eisenberg in fucking that one, in Zombieland, and in this. It's like, oh, we'll have Dieter, and he's like this uh, zany, like, haha, funny, but not funny, because he's awkward, and like, just well, don't do it. The, do the reason original. it works in Zombieland is you've got four people that you can, you know, uh, build up. Yeah. You can flesh out entirely. And Jesse Eisenberg's character wasn't just a zany, wacky comedy guy. No. He was careful. He cared for Tallahassee and for Wichita and Little Rock. 
He's the only one I can't remember the name of. Do you remember what his name was in that? Columbus. Colum- yeah, Columbus. Uh, yeah. yeah he, there was a lot to his character. I mean, he knew Bill Murray's stuff, that piece of shit Garfield he'd watched. He, he was a good character, but yeah, in this fucking film. Yeah, Maybe that's maybe that's what it is. You you don't have enough time to build up your characters in this film, whereas like other better ones you do. I I think that's the problem I have with Dawn of the Dead as well. Like no one's built up to be anything specific. It's just like oh they're here. They used to do this. I suppose that's about as good as you get. I don't mind so much with that one because they are purely meat shields, mm-hmm. and that's what I expect in a like huge zombie film. Like the the useless people, I expect them to just yep. Yeah, this is what they are. Character they die. Yeah. In a slasher as well. In this though, you're a heist film. I should know the characters. Mm-hmm. If they're important. That's how heist film works. Uh, talking about stuff I fucking despise. So cover songs. In my mind, there's two covers I really hate. The worst is a cover that tries to replicate the original perfectly. Despise it. Pointless. It, just, it adds nothing. And the other, uh, I don't hate quite as much, but it's really close. It's those acoustic, really slow covers, usually a woman in like her 20s that sing really heartfully. It's beautiful, it's soulful. And it, it just reminds me of some like fucking hipster bar that's just had a poetry slam going on in the corner with about 43 craft beers on tab. And fucking everyone's there with ponytails and clapping along with little fucking John Lennon glasses. I hate it. I hate it so much. So I've watched these films first and then I'll take notes on a second watch later on. So when I revisited it to take notes and everything, I sat down listening to it. I heard the Bad Moon Rising cover, which I despised. And the only thing I said in my head was, oh, this is awful, but I remember there being one worse. So I watched the with my brother originally. He really loves The Doors. Mm-hmm. And when I got to that point, I went, yeah, the end by the doors. This autistic, yeah, autistic. I keep saying autistic. Acoustic. Yeah. This acoustic covers fucking far worse than the Bad Moon Rising one. But something in my head said there was something even worse that I was forgetting. And it's, I'll get into it at the end, but because there's so many reasons I despise covering that song particularly. But yeah, it's ah, uh, I don't know. I I don't know why he did it. Because generally speaking, Zack Schneider, the one thing he does well is picking music. Yeah. Like the music in Dawn of the Dead is really, really great. All the way. But in this, it's just shit. Yeah. Uh, I, I have kind of a similar problem with most covers. Like, there are some covers that I prefer over the originals and whatnot. But I don't see the point in I know you try to set like a samba tone and whatnot, but why would you pick like I think this is more of a specific for uh, Dawn of the Dead as well but why would you pick a disturbed song called Down with the Sickness and then make it like a a swing like jazzy fucking Rockefeller sort of thing. Uh, Zack Schneider doesn't understand subtlety. He doesn't know what it is at all. 
he like, has Batman raped in a corner. He just can get it. Yeah, like I, I, I didn't understand this one either. Like, I understand you again. I understand that you want to make it like a somber tone, but when you go into like a action zombie kind of thing, you want to be like kind of pumped up for it. So why wouldn't you just have the original fucking like rock song or whatnot? Or oh, I know why. Because it costs money. <laughs> Oh, it can't be that. He had eighty million. Oh, I guarantee it was that. I, I'd imagine this fucking film cost like three million, and he pocketed the rest of the fucking Snidey fuck. But, ha, huh, Snidey. Um, I I know for a fact, for twenty grand, after a crack video I watched, you can get Bridge Over Troubled Water. Yeah, I know that. Uh, there's no, there's no way it was cost. It might be someone didn't want their film in a Zack Snyder. Their song in a Jack Schneider film. Oh yeah, maybe. Perfectly like, applicable. You you made Batman and Superman's fucking equal thing. Martha, fuck off! I ain't putting my song in your films. <laughs> I'm trying to think of songs with Martha in. I could do it. So, quickly go through K as well. These kind of go uh, simultaneously through this, but we'd like to get one out of the way first. Kate's a moron. Like worse than anyone else within the squad. Yeah, um, I, I don't know how she's alive to this. I don't know how she made it to adulthood. So this is this is Batista's daughter, right? This or stepdaughter? Or stepdaughter, I think. Possibly daughter. I I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, I wasn't paying much attention to this. To be fair, so. it's not clear. I I I think that kind of relationship feels more stepdaughtery. Yeah. Um. And basically. She's working as like an aid relief volunteer at the on the like outskirts of the city, on the outskirts of Vegas. And for some reason, there's a shitload of families just living on the edge instead of I don't know moving the fuck away from it. And uh, she's kind of like she's the kind of person that's like living on the outskirts uh, or live. Uh, volunteers on the outskirts to kind of help make sure that everyone's kind of safe and they've got everything that they need and whatever. And then obviously she gets close to certain families and whatnot and then she picks on or she's like she gives people shit like she gives one of the guards shit um, he's in Sons of Anarchy and I think he's in the, Sucker Punch. Theo, um... Yeah, Theo, Theo Rossi. That's it. That is a nice name. Yeah. Give it to yeah. Theo Rossi, that's a cool name, man. Um, yeah, she's like a, like a Karen in training. Yeah. And it's like... She gives everyone shit about everything because she's... she's I'm good at my job and fuck you, you need to be doing this. Like, alright, fuck off. First of all. And secondly, fuck off. Kind of like uh, Anna is in the second film, trying to pose as the moral high ground. And Anna, granted, I disagreed with her, like her character a lot through the film, but I could see where she was coming from. And I agreed with her occasionally. Kate, I don't think I've ever agreed with. 
except for the Geeta stuff, but Geeta's a moron. Yeah, I agree with her, like, yeah, you don't want to go into the fucking city, because you'll die. But, um, yeah, she spends a lot of the film just fucking being a pain in the dick. Just, no, I'm gonna go where I want to, fuck you, you're gonna have to protect me, because if you don't, I'm gonna go in behind you and sneak in, and then I'll be undefended, so fuck you. Like, don't make this this entire thing harder than it needs to be for him. It's like a toddler, like, raising a tantrum. Yeah. Through this, that's what she fucking is, she's a toddler. You ain't my daddy. Oh, wait, no, you are. Sorry. <laughs> Never been told no. And if I was fucking Dave Batista. I'd like call over a guard and say she's nuts. Can you put her on a bus, please? Or handcuff her to something. Or, to be honest, just knock her out. And she goes, yeah, we'll grab you on the way back. Yeah. You psychotic moron. Oh, there's buses leaving. Let's put her on that and then she can fuck off. Because the, the problem is, it's not so much that they're bringing her and she might kill herself. Because I find her incredibly annoying. <laughs> and she can die as far as I'm concerned it's that when you bring a civilian on to any uh, operation you put everyone in danger mm-hmm. suddenly it gets far more fucking dangerous every person you add to that makes it worse and worse you can't shoot a gun at least so yeah she's putting everyone else there in danger and no one at any point speaks up and says you know what Scott no fuck off we're not taking a civilian in this isn't what we agreed on you're going to leave her outside yeah I think uh, the one that is interested in Batista kind of is like, dude, seriously? And he's like, look, that's my fucking daughter. You can fuck off. If you don't want to be a part of it, get out. And then she's just like, okay, I'll stay here, I guess. But other than that, everyone else is like, yep, cool. I Actually, my absolute biggest problem with it is that thinking back through the film, right, if she wasn't there at all because Gita dies anyway right Mm -hmm. in the helicopter crash if she wasn't there at the very minimum Dave Batista and the helicopter pilot would have survived Yep, absolutely fine and she would have survived her being there was a genuine detriment to everyone Yeah, she did nothing she did nothing and got people killed yeah because at the end of the day Towards the end of the film, he has to go and rescue her because she goes, she fucks off on her own to go and save that Gita woman. And then, obviously, because he goes down and fucking tries to help her, he dies, the fucking pilot dies, Gita dies, and she's the only one to walk away from the entire situation. Like, oh, I've killed like pretty much everyone in this fucking com- in this crew. Because I wanted to throw a tantrum. Yeah, I mean, I'll grant you, I'm not going to blame more people on it than I should. Like, the, the rest of the crew, yeah, they'd have died anyway. But directly, Batista and the pilot died because of her. Hmm. And she doesn't She doesn't do anything. Literally, she turns on a generator, she presses a button at one point. It's... Oh, God, it's a heist film, they're meant to be skilled. It's the whole point, watching people who know what they're doing execute a task that's been planned. Has Schneider not watched a film before? Does he just watch nothing but fucking shit like um, 
Reddit 50-50. Just an edgy boy. Yeah. Movie 34 or whatever the fuck it was called. It's worse. There's um, Fubar and shit like that. I bet you that was designed precisely for Snyder. It's like proper gore porn stuff. Oh, great. Horrible stuff. Yeah. I felt, yeah, it's just a giant spectacle. Nothing of thought within the writing. It's annoying. Uh, right, so yeah, and the Sophia Rossi comes in as well. Uh, uses bait when he gets in the city. What kind of confused me, so they get the coyote. The coyote's like a smuggler, people smuggler. Mm-hmm. Goes back and forth. Uh, played by a French actress who clearly can't act. Actress, I don't know, placeholder. Yeah, I don't know what to call them. Not really the right denominator. She sleeps with a gun and people wake her up while she's holding the gun. What a bitch. I think it's trying to show that, yeah, she's really on edge and she's really worried. Who does that in real life? For fuck's sake. Mate, I'd be worried about blowing off my own fucking feet if I slept slept with a gun. (laughs) Or slept holding a gun. Oh, I left the safety on it. There's a, um... Oh, fucking... A Wu-Tang Clan? Uh, Ghostface lyric? Something about sleeping with his gun, fondle his gun, sex with my gun. (laughs) (laughs) I think think it was Ghostface. Yeah. Inspired by something. Uh, But yeah, she has to shoot a bullet into Fia Rossi's leg and kind of use him as a tribute. To get through the land. Who was she going to shoot if he wasn't there? If he just happened I, I to have think, fucked I off? I think they specifically bring him just so that she can do that. Yeah, I know that like, they kind of call him over at the end when he's in the area and says, what are you doing? But what if he'd left? Yeah, if he was like, he just yeah, on a bus. the bus or something, really. I think they'd be like, well... Um... You know what? If they If they did that... And they got rid of the the fucking corporate douche. I'd have been okay with that. Normally, this is like nitpicky shit. Yeah. But in this film, when it's a heist film, when specifically the planning is half the film or should be, it matters. Hmm. Because they should have known about the alphas before this. They should have gone, right, yeah, these are the alphas and we. This is how we're going to deal with them. We've talked to someone who's been in and out of the city. They know the layout. This is how we're going to do this. Don't do any of it. No bother. It's all improvised yeah, that, from here. That's the only thing that, that confuses me. Why do they need the coyote person? Because the opening montage shows them going in and out of the city like they know what they're doing. That, and they specifically hire this coyote woman so that she can take or she can take them to the vault. But they've been in there. Extra gun. But, I mean, I suppose the best you'd do is go ask her, where's your entrance to get in? Mm. Cheers. Oh, we'll maybe that was that. it. Yeah, maybe that was it. Like if I was the coyote, if I was the coyote, why the fuck would I go further in the city? Yeah, no. I, I honestly think I'll take it as, yeah, I'm going to take you here, and then good luck. Yeah, I'll take you to the entrance. I'll I'll help you get past the, the alpha at the start. From there, you're on your own, fuck off. I like to say fuck yeah. off, apparently. Uh, so yeah, either way, they end up in the city. It takes 50 
minutes. Fucking minutes. I know we're slightly hypocritical because I think we're on like hour and ten minutes in, but yeah. we're two douche we're two douchebags on a podcast. This is a feature yeah. film yeah. that you pay money for. <laughs> Not meant to be on the same level yeah. as us. You've got hired writers for that shit, but for for this stuff we do this shit ourselves and one of us doesn't write anything for it. <laughs> Can you guess who it is? Uh, talking about like not understanding writing, she brings up very specifically as they look at all the shamblers and they're called they're like walkers pretty much, hmm. the normal ones like Sean the Dead lot. When it rains uh, for a few hours, they all come back to life, kind of like White Walker style. I honestly assume that this would like come up, yeah, because you know they make mention of it, and you think, oh, yeah, clearly that'll happen. Then that'll be the big finale. No, never comes up. Yeah, that would have been an actual cool like development because I don't think any other film or TV program have ever done anything like that. Like technically, I mean technically, it would be it would have been wrong because I, I don't think zombies need water to live. They need like their brain stem kind of intact. Other than that, yeah, water ain't gonna get a desiccated body up and walking again. Yeah, yeah, but it would have been like a cool kind of like. I mean, I can suspend my disbelief about a lot of things as long as obviously it's a fantasy world as fucking zombies for fuck's sake. But I can suspend my disbelief to the point where like, all right, that's maybe that maybe that's how it works in this in this fucking kind of film, but. If you bring it up, use it later. Or maybe they maybe they intended to and they cut something out of it, but I don't know, it just didn't oh, go anywhere from my brother. I hope not. It's already like two hours and forty fucking minutes. If they cut anything. With cutting actually the tiger uh, and a little bit of extra world building on it. I think a tiger was done by Mocap. They had like a guy just bouncing around, which I can't help but find hilarious. Seeing the cast just watch this guy in a fucking green suit bouncing about like a cat, like meowing. If I was in the mocap suit, I'd just meow and just purr. Yeah. And little Paul just try to get them to laugh their ass. Right, we off. need you to roar now. Meow. Yeah, it's the same Joe fucking exotic. They got a guy in a suit, they can get an actual tiger along. Yeah. Busted up. Uh, the horse, though, actually, that was a horse. You see later. He's oh, riding yeah, a long yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. And they got, they didn't see Joe anything, they got like a suit to put around it. Mm-hmm. Which is quite nice. Said we can do it practically, do it practically. And getting a tiger around tape taste is never practical. Uh, right. And yeah, a few small points that we've covered already, but just to be reiterated, doesn't look like Vegas is the biggest problem, and it's not a heist film. Going into like ruined Vegas, there's so much stuff you want to see. There's nothing. There's no like giant pavilions, no huge casinos that are still bright. It's all just brown and boring and shit. Yeah, they uh, give a tribute. They shoot a little Mr. Theo in the leg to give it to like this. Is it a beta? It's an it's called an alpha, but I suppose it's the alpha beta, isn't it? Yeah, it's like the alpha queen or something like that. Yeah, sounds like a fucking um, frat house. 
Alpha Beta. Yeah, the ambassador for this world, which the Alpha, the Alpha's Alpha, really doesn't want to die, is is Queen. Why he sends her to go meet people with guns? I'm not yeah. quite sure. Like, Why didn't just go, you random new twat? You're gonna be the idiot that we send. Yeah, like, um, the only thing that I could think that he'd send her out for is because he trusts her, like, um, uh, opinion on like who to grab and who to turn and stuff. So maybe if she brings them back and like, yeah, turn them, great. She brings them back and it's like, nah, this one's just food. Cool. But, she grabbed this cunt security guy. Yeah, he's a cunt, so maybe they were like, yeah, we want cunts. That's a point, actually, yeah. Yeah. So, that's fine. But, you find out later that she's pregnant and that the they're able to have babies and shit. Why would you send the pregnant woman that you have a baby with to go and do that. Just just find someone else to do that. She was pregnant. I forgot about that. Yeah. So I'm just picturing her tongue out now and I'm just feeling miserable. You know, she has like a tongue wagging about and blah, blah, blah. Oh. Can't be fun zombie sex. I mean, it might be fun for them bit of decaying flesh slapping against each other, you know? Wouldn't you like if your dick falls off halfway through and just ah, stuck in the woman? Ah, back on. You're ready to go again. It's not like it hurts, is it? And it can't shoot out either. It's got to be like a dribble. Yeah. Can't have at, the blood. At this point, she has to suck it out and spit it back into herself, so there you go. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> you might cut that bit. BDSM would be shit as well. If you're already a zombie, that's just out yeah. the window, isn't it? Hurt me, baby. Oh, well, my nerve endings are dead. You can't. Never mind. No, I can't get off if someone's in massive pain. Don't know how you could. Uh, moving swiftly on. <laughs> they traverse round. They all look really confused that alphas exist. I don't know how this isn't common knowledge at this point, especially for people who should know going into the city, but mm-hmm. cocky pricks, which is, again, why you hire an actual merc company. Uh, there's a fun little segment with a zombie maze, which is decent. I, I don't know what to say beyond that. I, I quite like the idea. It's one of those very Zack Schneidery high concept. Okay, what about a zombie maze? We'll shove that in. We won't think about the details of it, but really fun little thing to shove in. Okay, I don't understand why the security guy like knocks off one of the uh, glow sticks so that the TikTok star's mate ends up getting eaten. Yeah, the female that goes in with him. But I'm, I'm trying to figure out in this universe where like zombies can reproduce and fucking apparently they they can revive after they've got a bit of water sprinkled on them. Why are they inside like standing up while they sleep like horses? <laughs> you think your legs would atrophy after a while, wouldn't you? Yeah, like 
like they are severely rotting at this point. Like, I, I don't think, and because obviously they're dead, it's not like their cells are regenerating or anything. So they're not like snapping muscle and growing it back stronger. They're literally just like, I'm hella strong for about a week, and then my muscles have torn and I can't fucking lift shit. So, eh. Yeah, and they have the problem with walking dead. It's like a thirty day period of decomposition. Yeah, like the Walking Dead would have been over fucking like like just stay inside of a, a place for like six weeks and at the end of it no zombies would have been living anyway. But they need to keep it going somehow, so they're like um They're immortal, it's fine. Yeah. I don't understand. I d- it. I- I know a lot of people say, uh, you know, you take liberty with the source material. Mm-hmm. Just, it's <clears throat> zombies and you have to go kind of magic and yeah, you take it as it is, as it's presented. And I can't remember the term now, fucking, where it's it's a film, so you, it doesn't have to be quite so realistic and you believe it. Suspension of disbelief. Mm-hmm. That's the term. Yeah, so suspension of disbelief. The problem. A lot of people have a suspension of disbelief, which really pisses me off. Is that suspension of disbelief is based in the universe you've already built up. If you tell me these are actual corpses, then they have the 30-day limit. Mm-hmm. It's not suspension of disbelief to believe they can go beyond that. You're just breaking it, and you're just wrong at that point. Like Orcs are part of suspension of disbelief. Saying that this one orc can fly because he had fucking magic dust, uh, pixie dust, that breaks suspension of disbelief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's bollocks, pretty much. Yeah, like... Landall. I get I get why it's not a thing, and logically you kind of have to kind of go, alright, it's a film, it's here to entertain me, it's not here to be realistic and whatnot, but I'm one of those people that tries to find logic in anything I do. Don't get me wrong, I fail most of the times because I'm a fucking idiot, but I, like, if someone does something in a really random way, I'm like, why didn't you just do it this way? That's like six times easier than how you did it. And if no one can explain to me why they did that, I'm like, are you a fucking idiot? I think with logic, like the next five, ten minutes are terrible. Yeah. Like, so. First, yeah, security guy kicks one of the uh, glow sticks away. He's Dave Batista, basically leaving glow sticks through the zombie maze so people can get through because they don't want to shine lights in the zombies' eyes or wake them up. Uh, so they're leaving a trail. And the guy who kicks it off kicks it off down a slightly other path that's fucking tiny uh-huh. that Dave Batista clearly wouldn't get through because she can't and she's this like scrawny little 5'8 woman. Yeah, it looks like he's dropping these like glow sticks every maybe twenty feet, maybe ten, uh, maybe fifteen, ten feet, maybe. Why was she not able to see where the second, like the next one along was? I guess he might have put it at like every inter intersection. Maybe to show down this way, but yeah, it it showed him dropping them fairly frequently. Yeah, like, 
Yeah, I don't know. Just it it seems like a, a very stupid way to go. Yeah, we will kill her off very quickly. And she was a fucking badass. Like she again, literally yeah. almost survived that entire thing. Hadn't she not killed a zombie before this as well? Like at the start when they were with Deezer yeah, yeah. saying, I haven't killed a zombie, she put her hand up as well. And then yeah. she's the fucking bona fide badass. You go she, around blowing yeah. heads off the days. Yeah, she's fucking popping heads and fucking taking names. And she literally makes it back to the group, fighting through an entire room full of fucking zombies. And then when she's in like a, a wide open space is when things start falling apart because she's obviously ran out of bullets at this point. I say fall apart, the entire group are there watching and going, we could yeah. shoot, but nah. We could help her, but uh, she's got a gas tank on her back, let's just shoot that instead. Yeah, we could very, very easily just shoot the zombies, because, you know, we're trained professionals. But, yeah, we can't be fucked. No, she wears a bandana around her head, that's killer. Fucking, who's that woman from uh, Aliens? Vasquez? Yeah, Vasquez wannabe. Yeah. There's really big Aliens fans and thought she didn't do a service. Blow the prick up. It's just... Yeah, it, it, I mean, if she was surrounded, she was already if she was already bitten, and they then decided, you know, we can't help her, let's blow her up. That would make sense, but she wasn't. They were all in direct line of view of her. There was yeah. a few walkers around her. And it'd be really easy just, yeah, just shoot them in the head. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of this film where I'm just like, fuck's sake. And I mean, again, gas tank explosions, I'm always going to complain about, doesn't happen when you shoot petrol. No. Or diesel, I don't know. It definitely doesn't happen when you shoot diesel. Yeah, I think it is. It's petrol, but yeah, shoot petrol and it will start spelling out. Yeah, which I want to see that happen in a film at some point. It just spelling out of the woman getting eaten, screaming for the next few seconds, and the rest of them going, "Oh, oops!" Awkwardly shambling off. Uh, yeah, so they. Eventually gets to the casino following this. Not really any points. This is the only like proper action segment as well since the start, and it's been about an hour. Obviously no high stuff, so this is the entertainment. And it's yeah, just yeah. barren until now. Uh, they get to the casino, they see that there have already been a few groups that have been sent before them that have failed. I know there's like some parallel dimension shit that one of them prescribes forward, saying that, oh, Maybe we've been doing this endlessly and only now will we succeed. Fuck off. It's just yeah. clearly sent through a load of people before you. They've all died because you're all morons. Or he forgot to get clearly forgot to get the coyote and they've been eaten by the alphas. I don't care. Clearly they didn't get very far because they didn't set off any of the traps in the casino. No. And there's no like evident firefights, so I don't know quite how they died. Maybe they brought no guns. Nah, they just kind of gave up. They were like, "I think, I think I'm stopping here. Um, it's the centre of the casino. I ain't gonna go down to the vault. I'm just gonna stay here and die." 
Just played fucking roulette. Yeah. Till the end. Depressing fucking way to go. Uh, yeah, they, in the casino, come up with a plan now, rather than, you know, before. Because that's smart, coming up with a plan within the casino. You know, where the zombies are, not just going, you know, we'll do this, this and this, we need the generator, we'll do this. You lot go down to the safe, so we're all ready. Uh, and they all split off. The coyote and security dick go off to get the alpha queen's head. Uh, Scott and his daughter go off to deal with the generator and the rest of them, except Peters goes up to the chopper and the rest of them go down to the safe to start dealing with all that stuff. Chopper's a piece of shit, but Peters managed to get it running, so who cares? Yeah. Uh, in terms of the safe, probably, apart from the opening with like Liberace and the fucking stripper zombies, my only enjoyable part of the whole thing. Because there's actual thought behind it, and you've got an obstacle, and they overcome it in a slightly creative way. Yeah, there, there's more tension and build up for that scene than there is pretty much any other scene in this film. Yeah, I mean, you have the zombie brought down, and it starts walking along. It's actually mildly amusing as well, seeing all the different traps and yeah. the gigantically over the top walls slamming against each other, Star Wars trash compactor style. Mm-hmm. That's actually quite funny. And the the whole like little springy guts that they uh have to slightly cut through. That's that's great. Uh, away from the vault opening, there's a few other things like zombies shot, but that's standard stuff in it. Yeah. I never quite understood, so the security guy seemed confused by the alphas, right? He didn't know their existence. Yeah. Why couldn't you have got a normal zombie head? Because it's only the main alpha that makes alpha zombies. So why couldn't they have just got an average zombie's head and took it out rather than the queen one? Like, go into the underground bit, cut off a zombie's head and have none of this hassle. I don't know. I think so when when I have to watch a film for this podcast I feel like I have to make a reason behind everything because obviously if I was like yeah it was a good scene would be really shit but for this one I think it's one of those films where you literally have to turn your brain off and be like haha the, 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 the walls go bang bang on the zombie <laughs> like it's it's one of those films where the less effort that you put into trying um, explain everything away, probably the more fun you'll have with it. But bearing in mind that I very quickly lost interest in this film, hence why I haven't written any notes for it. Um, I don't I genuinely don't know why I didn't like it. it it's just uh, I think there's nothing else shit. there's nothing else to it is the problem, yeah. there's no heart there there's no real character piece I mean, turn your brain off films 
I know films we've done on this podcast, The Mummy, Brendan Fraser, that's a turn your brain off film. Yeah. That's just don't think about it and go for it. But it's got Brendan Fraser, which you can get behind and go, yeah, this is really fun. And it's got Benny, who you can actually laugh to. It's got character. It's got heart yeah. at the centre of this. It's just so generic and does nothing interesting to warrant being that generic. There's, there's nothing there. The spectacle isn't even that good. And right, so might as well go into this now. But the the zombie tiger. There was a big thing. I I know you haven't watched Game of Thrones. Do you ever hear about the zombie polar bear? No. So, season, I'm going to say seven. Where they went beyond the wall, possibly. Yeah, it was season seven, definitely, because Attack on Winterfell and stuff. They they go beyond basically a wall into ice area like Antarctica and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and White Walker zombies have started resurrecting like dead combatants and the like. And a zombie polar bear's been resurrected, and the creators of Game of Thrones made a huge fucking deal as a zombie polar bear. You know, it cost them millions to make, and they said, "Oh, we really want a zombie polar bear." Completely not realizing that you know, Game of Thrones is about the intrigue; it's about the politics. That's the fun part, not the fucking spectacle. Mm-hmm. I think it's something Zack Snyder doesn't get either. Like films made fun through the characters, through learning about them and seeing how they deal with this situation, not the zombie tiger. I couldn't give a fuck, and the zombie tiger sequence goes on for a whole minute. A minute and a half, like killing the security guard. It's, it went on forever. I don't know if it's the same with you. You went about corporate dude. Yeah, the corporate dude. Yeah. It just it felt so overindulgent. Yeah, how long the tiger like, was there. Like you, you don't need to even show me him dying. Just be like, oh, he's he's got the head in a bag. Um, he fucking drops his gun or something. He goes to pick it up, and when he kind of stands back up the fucking zombie tigers behind him and then cut to another scene I would have been perfectly happy either going okay I can either write him off as he's a dead man or he'll make a surprise kind of turn around in the last couple of scenes and be like oh there we go but if you show me him dying over the next minute and a half I'm kind of like um Cool. Uh, Am I supposed to root for him or the tiger? Um, And if you wanted to kill him off, like five seconds, tiger pounces on him, eats him up. I I could see 20 seconds him being chucked about a bit, slammed against the wall, and then the tiger eats his neck. Mm -hmm. Done. It's, It's, yeah, I can see the tiger. It's a nice effect. That's enough. I don't need a minute and a half in an already two and a half hour film. Yeah, it's an overindulgent. It's style over substance at its yeah. worst. Uh, I think I think at this point, like uh, the team upstairs in the main casino building, have somehow got shitloads of zombies to come after them, and they're like, "Oh shit, we shouldn't have done that," and run back down to the vault. And that's like it. It's a very to sh- again, to show that Dave Bautista's character is a badass, he's the last one through the elevator doors to kind of um, get out of there. 
and another person dies, which we don't give a fuck about, the TikTok dude. Uh, but... Oh yeah, the the woman dies, she gets her neck snapped around. Yeah. After, yeah. like, Dave giving Batista's her heart like, out. Yeah. After she's like, yeah, I love you, and Dave Bautista's like, I love you too, you instantly know, okay, she dies. And then, yeah, she dies literally instantly. Yeah, it's like, after I love that. you, I don't want to lose you, neck snap, turn the other way. Alright, I guess that's that's that one over. Dave Bautista keeps going on about his fucking restaurant, and that's it, so yeah, he's fucked. He's very fucked. Not till the end, Batista, but he is fucked. I yeah. throughout all this, couple things just gone over because no one, no one yeah. cares. So as soon queen, as, as Queen's soon as head's it's... lopped off, uh, she screams out in pain. The Alpha hears and gets on his zombie horse, puts on his like metal Urukai mask, ready to start yeah. charging over, and takes it off the second he gets into the actual casino. For some reason, and no one just shoots him in the head. Yeah, why would they? Why would they take the easy way out and fucking kill him while he's got the mask off? Mm-hmm. Not just the yeah. honourable punch out. Because that will go well with this guy that's about a foot taller than you, and clearly yeah, this, fucking this bigger. Fucking, uh, at this point, Batista's like, they are got, uh, as soon as he mentions, like, yeah, I'm going to give the money that I make to my daughter, I'm like, alright, you die at some point. Then... There's the whole she fucks off while they're trying to get into the vault to try and go save Gita. He panics. His fucking woman, his, his the one that he loves, kind of has a neck snapped. And then he goes into a rage, fucking runs at them all with a fucking assault rifle, fails to do anything, and then he's like, alright, I guess I'm over that one. I'm going to go find my daughter. And then he leaves... Uh, the uh, angle grinder man and the safe cracker in there on it, on their own, and they have like a body cut thing going on at, towards the end. Like they started off hating each other, and now they're like, "Yeah, respect," and that doesn't feel at all earned or natural. And I'm just like, "All right, whatever." Yeah, it's like the flipping of a switch. Yeah. From I fucking hate you to I had a uh, buddy cop films of the last few years, top of my head. F- my f- absolute favourite film of all time is The Nice Guys, Russell Crowe and um, fucking Ryan Gosling. Yeah. I adore that film, absolutely. It takes like half the film, more than half the film, for them to get along. Mm-hmm. Like Russell Crowe's broke this guy's arm before all this, and they've got into a real hustle and tussle. And there's reasons they've got together it's that rapport built up but yeah the safe cracker guy sacrificed his life for the black guy yeah. the angle grinder guy which just feels so unearned yeah it, it's just uh, yeah and then we'll get to the end bit but basically uh, there's a load of useless shit that happens and it's all to try and build suspense but at this at this point I'm like I couldn't give a fuck if Kate dies great she's killing uh, she's getting loads of people killed for her stupid actions anyway if Batista dies great there's no fucking personality personality behind his character anyway um literally I'm just sitting there like okay there's no one to really root for 
because you couldn't I'm give a fuck about any of I'm rooting for the zombies at this point. Yeah. Because I, I hate... I'm either neutral or hate the cast. I hate Kate because uh-huh. she's just useless, beyond useless. The coyote's an idiot and she gets fucking impaled and flattened by the alpha, which is cathartic to say the least. Uh, the only, Actually, the only thing I am rooting for is that head that coyote's pulling around with the <laughs> alpha's queen that I just found hilarious for some reason. Like if you play the new God of War game, I say new, like 2016, 2017, yeah. where, um, is it Mjolnir? No, not Mjolnir. No, Mimir. Mimir. It's like held on Kratos' ass, bouncing yeah. about like a fucking hood ornament the entire time. Literal yeah. hood ornament. I, yeah, I always found that really funny. That's all I could picture. Like this little zombie head just bouncing about on Dave Bautista's ass for the rest of the franchise. That, yeah, that was the only that. thing I was rooting from, and it ends up getting burst open like a fucking cabbage. Yeah, she throws it off the roof of like this 20 foot, uh, uh, sorry, this 20 floor fucking building. I was really hoping that the face would make like a scream. Like in face, just do a yeah. little Wilhelm <gasps> scream on the way down. Or like even a little coyote thing, like trying to nudge her head along towards the edge. Yeah. Yeah, like she's using her tongue as like a fucking blow behind, blow behind her. Yeah, <laughs> pull herself along a ledge or something. But nah. Yeah, no, I I don't know. I was hoping for something with character, something you know interesting, but she just blows up on the side, and then big Zeus, big bad zombie, kills the coyote, and at this point. Beyond the angle grinder guy who's in the safe, who should be dead. Mm-hmm. There's Batista, there's um, Peters, the pilot. Technically, I suppose Theo, who's a zombie, who was turned earlier. I, th- I forgot to say about that, actually, didn't we? Yeah, but it, it was about. <laughs> it was like the least important part of this entire fucking. Yeah, Theo Rossi's turned and it's meaningless because he does nothing, it's killed instantly. Yep. Moving on. Yeah, Kate's still alive and she somehow managed to slip past the horde. Not uh, Hiding in a car. Got yeah. really lucky, I suppose. Uh, yeah, it's a good thing that they made such a fucking noise in that other casino because while, while they're making the noise she's like I'm going to hide in this car and wait for them all to go to the casino and then I'll sneak past them into the wait for my dad and everyone else to die so I can save this one person yeah lovely woman uh, oh yeah that was the one thing I forgot to mention actually as the safe's close as this like slow motion no from the angle grinder guy I also found like really fucking funny I don't know why yeah yeah that's, just that's, this proper that's no part the, the whole, that's part of the whole fucking uh body cut comedy thing going on it's like no i wanted to sacrifice sacrifice myself for you not the other way around do you see endgame black widow and hawkeye yeah yeah. that 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 felt comedic to me i don't know if i was the only one like where they were like punching Uh, each other to try to kill the other try to kill themselves yeah i'm I'm going to severely hurt you so you don't kill yourself you know Great, loving friendship there. I don't know what tone they're trying to make for these kinds of things. If they're trying to be serious here or funny. Either way, yeah, completely unearned. 
but at the Olympus, which has already been established, like the Alpha's territory. Yeah, it's like his main hub. Yeah, Kate heads over. Uh, I've wrote nothing. I honestly can't remember anything for the next like five honestly, minutes until the chopper. Honestly, yeah, literally. Um, so Kate goes in. She almost instantly finds Gita, but uh, that fucked hard security guy uh, is there, uh, Theo Rossi. Um, he goes to attack her, gets instantly shot in the head. That sets... That warns the Alpha to kind of come back and check on his fucking slaves or whatever he's keeping Gita for, for fuck's sake. I don't know why he was specifically like, I'm going to keep you prisoner. I don't know. Why didn't he just but, bite them immediately? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah? Nah. Just for fun? Is that what he gets yeah. his kicks doing? Like, it, you've already lost one fucking pregnant fucking alpha. You might as well make a few more, right? But whatever. Um, anyway, yeah, so he, that tips off the alpha. He rides back on his undead horse. Um, but a gunshot, I don't think he'd be loud enough thinking about nah. it. No, especially when you've got like 300 gunshots going off in a vault next to you. It's like it's a nine um, millimeter shot, right? Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't She's be only that. Got a pistol. Wouldn't be that loud. No, probably wouldn't make it all the way across, especially for like dead zombie ear. I, I'm imagining that zombie ears aren't as good as regular ears. They can't possibly be. I assume everything's fucked on the zombie at this point, like eyes, ears, fucking taste buds, nerves. I suppose they were kind of super zombies. They were dodging bullets and shit. So yeah, they might have super oh. hearing or something. In which case, couldn't you follow them a bit better up until now? He'd have found Kate when he was walking past them if he had super hearing. Yeah. If he had super hearing, when she's hiding in that car, like, oh, there's a woman there. Whatever. Anyway, um, so yeah, fucking Batista's like, I'm outie, while the other two in the vault fucking sacrifice themselves and one gets locked in a fucking into the vault. Um,. Batista kind of runs off, goes to try and find Kate. Um, basically, he talks to the the pilot, and he's like, um, "She's she's saying that she's gone in five minutes, and fucking she's not waiting around for him." Uh, he goes downstairs to fucking go look for his daughter. Fucking ends up finding her as soon as she's being attacked by the Alpha. Shoots him in the head. The bullets bounce off. And then he's like, run! And then all the shit happens. I think that's when um, the coyote's killed. Uh, coyote's killed, yeah, during all this. So coyote slammed with a, uh, like a pipe Yeah, through the upper chest. Yeah. Qu- quite cool, actually, the throwing of the pipe. Kind of like Zeus throwing thunder, in yeah. a way, the, the proper form to it. Goes for it and she drops the head and then she's not dead but presumably the alpha fucking ruins her. Yeah, he she will be. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing like, I, mean, to be honest, I think that could have been quite fun and a gory, well deserved scene like grabbing her off the pipe, ripping her body off and chucking her off the building. Mm. Actually, be cool to see, but you now we just get the overindulgent tiger bullshit. Yeah. Um, and then when they get to the roof, the chopper's gone. But it's a fake out. 
Have you ever, oh, so maybe I'd, maybe I did do. Have you ever been scary. near a helicopter? Yeah, they're fucking loud. Yeah, they're monstrously loud. They're deafening. Like when you're on a plane, when you've got like fucking six of those giant engines going. <laughs> when you're inside the bastard, it's still fucking loud. Yeah, I mean, I've flown on a helicopter before, and inside, you have to sort of shout, especially on that kind of model. I say you have to sort of, you have to shout if you want to get anyone's attention on that basic model that has no real soundproofing to it, with the door open. You'd fucking hear the thing if it was four or five floors below. It could be on a building across the street, you'd fucking hear it. Uh, but yeah, with all this, with all the delays and stuff, Batista running over, Kate eventually gets on the chopper along with Gita. Uh, Peter's obviously already in that. And I'm pretty sure, did the other two get in there as well? The other two, like, victims? Or the other victim, as it were? Uh, no, because I think she's dead. Oh, fair enough. Uh, Batista jumps on as well, followed very closely behind by Zeus, who does a soaring leap. I think this is why I've kind of neglected to give stunt doubles or stunt actors uh, their time in the sun on the little casting crew. It's why I specifically decided to give... Uh, I've forgotten his fucking name. That says a lot, doesn't it? Uh, Richard Centrone, who I think does a really good job as Zeus. Hmm. A nice little like, running leap over towards and then they have a fight on the chopper that classic kind of I'll push you out no I'll push you out I'll grab the gun but he'll bite me as they're kind of avoiding famous Vegas landmarks to be fair this is the only other time in the film that it actually feels like Vegas Uh, Peters is shot through the shoulder during the whole tussle and she'll end up dead or as your other should say it's really lucky that Peters was the one that was uh, that was the creepy sex pervert. If it was any of the rest, this film would be fucked. Actually, would it? That's a bit of a endowment on the film, isn't it? Thinking that they could replace any cast member of the film reasonably, and it wouldn't be a problem. That's not a good thing. Yeah. No. Um... I'm trying to think of who they could, who they, if they replace them, it'd be a genuine problem, and I'm coming up blank. I think Batista replacing him, that that'd be difficult. Maybe, yeah. Um, Possibly replacing anyone in a in a punch-up fight, the angle grinder guy, that'd be a problem. But the rest of this, so just nothing. You could replace them like that. Uh, but yeah, either way, during the chopper fight, Batista's bitten, and then Big Zeusy is killed, thrown out the plane. Plane. Thrown out the helicopter. Helicopter ends up crashing somewhere in the Nevada desert as the nuke goes off in the background. Everything's quite uh, destroyed, quite bleak. Then it turns out it gets bleaker. Kate survives. <laughs> yeah, so the, the helicopter goes down on the outskirts of the city, 
because the nukes basically knocked its engines out or some shit. I, I, I don't know, I wasn't paying attention at this point. Um, the woman that was flying gets a rotor, uh, rotor blade into her chest. She's fucking instantly killed. Um, Gita, I, you don't even see her, but she's just assumed dead in the back. Um, and then you find out that oh, uh, during the fuck you out of the helicopter no, fuck you out of the helicopter fight uh, he's bitten um, Batista's bitten and then the end scene is like uh, oh, it's that standard I love you daughter, no I loved you father I always loved you during this I never yeah. wanted to be a part. Oh, you're turning into a zombie. Bang, I'll put you down. Aren't I lovely? Yeah. Aren't I lovely doing this stereotypical cliche shite? It's terrible. If she literally picked up the gun and just went, you know what, yeah, whatever. I fucking hated you anyway. Bang. Fine. I would have been like... <laughs> I mean, I, I well, still would It's fucking relatable for you then. Little yeah, black soul. I still, I, I, still, I still wouldn't have liked this film, but... It would have been somewhat in character. There's no like no no point in this film did I ever get the point that they were gonna like reunite and be like, Oh, we're all such a lovely family. Like that's just not how I saw that this went. And then to have that at the end just because someone's on their deathbed. I mean I know that's what people do, but still. Seems unbelievable to me. Ah, yeah, fair enough. I'm just going to I've got. Right, I, I know I mentioned earlier that I was going to rant about an acoustic portion. Uh-huh. Something that really pissed me off. So they use a cranberry song, they're classic. People use it at Halloween. Zombie by the Cranberries. Uh, like we're both English, both British, both from Birmingham. Which. Which, yeah, Birmingham more so affected than most of the areas in the UK, obviously, bar um, Northern Ireland and Ireland. But zombie isn't about zombies. And I feel like this should be common knowledge around the world, but for some reason it hasn't been drilled into people's heads what it's actually about. It's about a kid in the Irish conflict who's killed, and it feels a bit disrespectful to use a conflict that's still in the minds of a lot of people who are still alive in a wrong way to not understand any of the undertones, which, to be fair, is on fucking brand with uh, Zack Schneider not understanding what something's about beyond the, oh, it says zombie. Must be about zombies. It, I think it's genuinely egregious people who use this shit to denote See, zombies. I- I don't think I would have had as much of a problem if they used um, uh, there's a, there's a band called the Pretty Reckless and they've got they've got a song called Zombie as well. If they used a, a cover of that, I think I'd be less bothered than I am bothered by this kind of like I grew up listening to Zombie from the Cranberries. Like, they, don't get me wrong, there's been a pretty good. Um, There's been a pretty good cover of them by 
bad wolves. There have been some good covers of Zombie. Yeah. Have they understood the source material? No, probably the, not. I, I think some of the covers did. They, they realised that it wasn't just zombie stuff. They had actual passion in that. This fucking film doesn't. But Yeah, no, you are right. If they'd used any other fucking portion... It's overused anyway. You know, I genuinely thought you were about to say I'd have been fine with it if they'd used XYZ song from the Cranberries instead. And I was trying to desperately think, what fucking song are you going to bring up? Yeah, finishing off this film, uh, because every single franchise has to have it now, there's a... Is it an end credit sequence? Sort of. I'm going to count it. I count it because I get to cross off another thing on my uh, list of 20. which Yeah, we'll I'm, I'm going to count it because I get to cross off another one. Yeah. Too. Oh, maybe we should tell people about this Men- list. Mention this. Yeah, might as well go for it now. So, me and stuff. I think partially because I knew it was going to be terrible. I just thought we'd do something fun and do something a bit different. Uh, so, we had a list of 20 things and because i know zach schneider i know what we were coming up against we had to make a list of 20 predictions of what we thought was going to come up in the film just to see you know who got closer uh i can't exactly say you blew me out of the water 13 to 11 was... oh no it, it's gone up since because i've realized that i've marked some of these down wrong and they actually in fact did happen yeah i'm more uh, I, I... all i can say is i'm more disappointed in several ways uh, than I think I would have been if I hadn't made the list. What were some of the stuff that you didn't get to cross off? Someone losing a body part, um, like a person that the main character knows is already a zombie, or um, they they run through the, the city with, uh, to try and find a cache of weapons or uh, narration. Oh, that's all fair. Yeah. And I had. I, I, fu- I fully expect like I fully expected like the opening of this film to be like back in 2020 when fucking COVID not, like the the whole fucking like uh, introduction to how it all fucking started. Thankfully, they didn't go that way, but I was fully expecting to read like a paragraph of like oh back when this all happened. Yeah, in my one, I've got a list of kind of zombie stuff and kind of some Vegas stuff that I was really hoping to see. Uh, Britney Spears zombie. Just part of me. I know she's Penn and Teller zombie. Like, a magician. How cool would that be? Like, an alpha magician that was fucking like... Was a, I'd heard about the yeah. uh, trailer. Like Do it, Doing the thumb trick, but actually taking the thumb off. <laughs> <What is> it? <laughs> if you played through Fallout 4's Nuka World DLC... Yeah. There's like a zombie ghoul in that that can teleport and shit. Yeah, uh, Magnifico is it? Something like that, yeah. Oswald. I think yeah. he's the something like that. I was hoping for something like that, something cool. Like, uh, I've got, yeah, someone directly hides their bite from the rest and lies about it. Which, no, I'm not caring that that came up. It's, it's I not the rest that of the group. Because it, in fact, leads to another outbreak. And they sequel fucking. Okay, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not bringing it up because I don't want to have in my head that a sequel's coming. I want to pretend it doesn't exist. But it did fucking well, so apparently it's gonna. I'm gonna do a fucking Sam Smith. La 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 la. Hands in my ears. <laughs> I can't fucking hear the end of this film. Yeah, last stand. Just general zombie stuff that this film fails to hit, which I think illustrates a point. 
I think this film ultimately was doomed to fail at the start. Zack Schneider be damned. Because heist films and zombie films don't fucking work together. If you, at least very much so, if you emphasise the zombie bit. I think you're about right when you said the film was massively overambitious with the amount of shit it piled in. Overambitious to the point of delusion. Uh, heist films are so, I don't know, concrete. They're so precise. You need to do point after point after point after point. And it all needs to lead along. That You can't have zombies and shit influencing that. It just has to be a heist. You can't have more themes. You can't have more of this and this. It has to be yeah, really succinct, really compact. You have to know exactly what you're doing. And this was just so much shit thrown at the wall. But yeah, might as well just finish off with Sequel Bay at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was saying earlier about the whole... Uh, I think there's a message behind it. You talk about Dawn of the Dead. Well, there's a scene earlier, obviously the refugee camp kind of elements... And talks about how they won't be able to get anywhere after all this. They'll be really poor, so they need to get money. And there's also a woman on the news who talks about how, well, we all know they're just political prisoners in those camps. They'd be zombies otherwise. If you shout about gay rights, you shout about this and that, you put in the camp, temperature higher, and you get police at your door. And so I felt like Zack Schneider was trying to do something with like refugees and the like and the crisis that's going on over the last few years. But he somehow inadvertently fails to push on that by at the end having one of the characters the angle grinder lad manages somehow climb out the vault presumably nuclear radiation abound around him limping along with like hills of eyes mutations underneath his clothes as he pays for a charter flight directly with money, no one questions it no, at he, any point he, he, buys, he buys someone's private plane yeah that's it, with like cash and no one questions yeah. it at any point with, with pure cash that has got like blood all over it and shit like that he climbs into the fucking he looks like he's been through shit he's covered in dirt he's got like military clothes on he's got like a military bulletproof vest on and all that shit it's like post 9-11 still america yeah i think someone would go you know what mate yeah security won't let you fucking through yeah and then he buys someone's plane in cash and then literally just stumbles onto the fucking plane uh, and starts asking the fucking stewardess, stewardesses to drink with him and all that shit. And then he starts to like tumble and like he looks a bit woozy. And then he goes into the bathroom, looks in the mirror, and then he looks at the bite that's, uh, I think it's on his neck or something. Yeah, kind of putting away. Showing it off. He's like, he's like, ah, oh, shit. And then cuts to black, that's the credits. And then during the credits, there's like little scenes where it's like, oh, there's been an outbreak in Mexico City and shit like that. I was just saying, it's just... Trump should have built that wall. Yeah. Zach Schneider's all for the wall. All this is. It's quarantine off Mexico. Obviously, yeah, the whole idea of Mexico City hugely populated, a lot harder to uh, contain than Vegas. Without the... Well, it's still desert, isn't it, in Mexico? I don't know where Mexico City is. It's near the border, isn't it? Oh, fuck knows. Geography is not my strong suit. I think it's... It, I mean, it's very urban, very dense, Mexico City, so the whole idea is that it's going to be a far worse outbreak than Vegas. 
And, I mean, to be fair, who the fuck cares if some Vegas goers get killed? <laughs> what would you give a shit? Would you give more or less of a shit if Blackpool was overrun or York was overrun? Which would be worse in your eyes? Um, yeah, I don't think I'd give a shit about either of them, to be fair. Um, I think closer to anything, I think I'd be a bit more uh, bothered by York. But Yeah. In the right fucking mind, but yeah. That finishes off the film. What a waste of time. Yep. Um, again, if you're watching this film to literally just have something kind of in the background or literally just turn your brain off for, great. You can do whatever you want with that. But if you're looking for some kind of meaning behind it or if you're looking for a film that's like, oh, this has got like bigger stakes than whatever this isn't the film that you want to be looking at yeah if you're looking for a heist film or a zombie film it's not the film for you it fails at both tremendously it's slightly better on the zombie angle but I mean the outbreaks shit and the uh, the heist is it's non-existent but yeah Yeah. might as well actually jump into something we actually enjoy so moving on to film we actually like drop off however you want now uh, Dawn of the Dead 2004 remake. Uh, incoming hate mail, but I prefer this to the 1978 version. I've never, seen, Ken I've never seen the original, so I'll probably get hate mail from just that. So you're okay. <laughs> we'll probably have to at some point. Yeah. Go orig- the original, like, night, dawn, and day. Uh, it's, it's often lauded as the best of the three. I think, retrospect, probably least favourite because it just goes on forever but this is just a zombie film it's by the numbers and not that's a bad thing it's by the numbers but it does it really fucking well yeah like each scene in and out it hits every beat it needs to I know I mentioned the structure your average heist film needs to have the beats it needs to hit I think generally speaking there are beats that a zombie film needs to hit as well if you're going from outbreak all the way to more or less death of all your cast or survival of the cast. The way I always put it, you need the outbreak, you need everyone to be away from each other, you know, each individual cast member, they're isolated, separated. They come together, they find sanctuary, it goes wrong, and they need to adapt or escape. It's basic structure. You've got, you know, your first act, they're all coming together. Second act, they survive. They build up their fortifications. Third act, they have to leave or they have to defend it. Either or. And this film, perfect showing of that. It's like that Shaun the Dead. You know, you've got build up towards the Winchester, at the Winchester, have to survive at the Winchester. Zombie land, build up. A little bit more topsy-turvy, but eventually you get to the park, you have to survive at the park. It all builds up to, you know, one, survive here. Mm -hmm. End or be all. And this probably actually the perfect showing of a basic free act. This is how we're going to do it and ramping up tension ever so slowly. Things have to go wrong at little by little. You, it can't just be one big horde crashes down the gate. It has to be things just start going wrong and then this happens and this happens and this happens and then the gates of hell open up. Yeah. Which what goes really well in this. Sean the Dead does do it as well. Things do go wrong. Even if it's just shouting with the cast, obviously the mom's bit, David's a cunt, uh, and Ed's an idiot, 
zombie land you've got the whole they move away from Wichita and Little Rock and it slowly goes wrong as well shoot Bill Murray that's always a fucking travesty yeah uh, quickly jump into cast and crew then so Zack Schneider again one of his first proper directions uh, it's notable to say it's one of his first big film probably first big film really also chose the music for a lot of this uh, butted heads with the producers on a lot of the big name tracks including that of uh, God's Gonna Cut You Down, which is possibly my favourite use of licensed music in a zombie film. But actually, no, scrap that. Fucking Don't Stop Me Now by Queen and Shaun the Dead is, but it's up there. God's Gonna Cut You Down is fucking great. Uh, written Zack Schneider, I don't know how much of it he actually wrote. So obviously, you've got George Romero as well, who came up with the original concept, and James Gunn, who I'm going to credit with having wrote most of it. Uh, James Gunn, uh, touched on Cloverfield, not Cloverfield. James Gunn touched on um, it's oh, Guardians of the Galaxy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. James Gunn. I'm thinking back. Uh, Belco Experiment. He did a lot of stuff with. If you've ever seen that, it's got John C. Riley. You know Scrubs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's got basically um, fucking oh, the mentor. Curly Ginger, yeah, like big fifty-year-old yeah. prick. He uh, plays this psychopathic office guy, and the office is told you have to kill so many people, or we're going to kill more. And they kind of like lay people out by age and stuff. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of got overshadowed by another film called Mayhem. That's nothing like it whatsoever. It's just set in an office. Yeah, I prefer the Belco. But yeah, James James Gunn's writing's always on top. It's, it's always really, really good. Except, presumably, in this new fucking Suicide Squad film, which looks terrible. But I'll leave my judgement, reserve my judgement until it comes out. Uh, cast-wise, there really wasn't a weak link. Uh, see, there's a couple of people who didn't have anything to do, really, in quite one-dimensional character-wise, but it's to be expected in a zombie film. Yeah. So, got Sarah... Poli, I'm going to say Poli, uh, plays Anna, also in a film called Splice, which is really good. Uh, Sweet Hereafter, which I'm not seeing. <laughs> Looks like some romance. Uh, Go. Uh, Ving Rhames, legend, plays Kenneth, the cop, in one of his probably best roles. He actually tracked down the producers uh, when he heard this film was being made to be in the film. Mm-hmm. He wasn't sought out, which I'm really glad he did. Yeah, is he knocks out the fucking part of Mission Impossible uh, in Lilo and Stitch? I don't know who he played, but you know, Con Air as well, which I haven't seen. I don't, do you know him in that? Yeah, yeah. fucking Con Air. Oh, one Nick oh, Cage reference. Is he? Yeah, <laughs> I forgot to do that. Is he? Is he prominent in it, Con Air? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's one of the main. Um, one of the main villains in the film. Oh, nice. Obviously, Pulp Fiction. Obviously. Yeah. Which he... Amazing jobs in. Uh, otherwise, you've got Jake Webber, who uh, plays Michael, kind of the main character, and the one you find yourself agreeing with more, or at least I did, uh, in a load of stuff, Those Who Wish Me Dead. Another fucking Wendigo film. There are so many films about the Wendigo, it drives me nuts. None of them are good. There's a film... 
setting like the wilderness about the Wendigo came out on Shudder recently. It was terrible. And there's a video game, like till until dawn. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Endless. Uh, and he's also in a film called The Cell, which I remember being Jennifer Lopez, and it's a bit pretentious. Um, um, I might judge him badly for this. He was in Meet Joe Black, too. <laughs> so, yep, he was in that. Uh, otherwise, Ty Burnell, Steve, in Finding Dory, Incredible Hulk. I think he played a colonel or something, if I remember rightly. Uh, most well known, of course, Modern Family played um, old fucking Phil Dunphy. I've seen a couple episodes. I don't know if you have. No, it, it's amusing for like an American sitcom. Uh, Bruce Bond plays Andy in the Nanny. Not in the Nanny. Also in the Nanny in Project Eden. Uh, Fargo as well, the uh, classic film by the Coen Brothers, and. We'll get into it in a sec, but also in a short, like, 15, 16 minute credit sequence uh, extra, which is on the DVD, which is really good. And then someone, I'm loath to forget to mention that Steph had to remind me to say, Michael Kelly, who, yeah, I think we both agreed, besides um, Ving Rhames, possibly, gives the best performance in the entire film. Yeah, yeah. As CJ. Again, this is more of a, 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 a polar opposite to the last film that we just talked about, the Army of, uh, Army of the Dead. We act, in this film, these were actual characters. They were actual people. Um, you could actually like get behind their motives and like who's who and who would do what. Whereas, you know, when 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 you're Main cast is against a bunch of like, like almost like automaton, like faceless zombies, husks. You kind of need your actual main characters to have a little bit of personality instead of like fading into the background and have your zombies be the main characters somehow for the Army of the Dead. But yeah. Yeah, it's having your cake and eating it too for Army of the Dead, trying to have both, but failing to have neither. Uh, yes, uh, Michael Kelly, shit like House of Cards, does a really good job on that. Everest, really good job. He's done a lot for himself, and I'm glad he has. Yeah, yeah. He's done uh, a lot, a lot away from, like what he did in this film, really far away from uh, kind of the not douchebag. He's got smarts to him, and he's not a complete arsehole. But uh, survival, not really a survivalist. It's just a character. He's a person. You can't box him. I think that's a good thing. I can't come with like a... Michael Kelly's character. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can't like give a short description and say that's what he is because he's an actual human being. Yeah. He's nuanced. I mean, he has his own like redemption arc in his own character. It's nice that each character kind of has that. Well, not every character in this film has that, but they all go through like separate things, but you can kind of see where they're going uh, jumping into budget box office budget 28 million which is quite low for a reason so before this uh, film by I suppose it could also be called 
called to have um, influence his own films in a very profound way, Uwe Boll. I want to say, I can't say controversial shit filmmaker. He's awful. Yeah. So he re- he released a film called House of the Dead, which is a direct remake of the video game, uh, and it's absolute trash. It's not even worth watching to laugh at. It's painful, and it flopped really badly. Uh, and so the studio that was making the film with Zack Snyder thought, oh, that film must have flopped it was a zombie film, so people clearly don't want zombies, so we're not going to give this film as much money. They didn't think at any point, oh, that film flopped it was a bowl. has nothing to do with anything else, so we'll give this the normal amount of money. Yeah. Uh, so, how I understand UA Bowl kind of does his movies... He buys or he, he petitions to kind of make these video game franchise films and stuff. And then he goes to countries where there's you don't have to pay like taxes on like the, how many days you film and like he goes out of his way to specifically pay as little money as he can to kind of make this film. And then he transports it back to the U- yeah, the US, kind of edits it all together, and then sends it out as like a DVD releasing because obviously it's a fucking it's a film about a game franchise. Gamers are most likely going to go, yeah, I'll pick that up, and then they'll realise it's from the same dickhead that made like the Far Cry film and and apparently House of the Dead, and then they'll be like, oh. I've wasted so much fucking money on this shit, but it's lining his pockets. Yeah, I'd go through that whole, this is our opinion, not the opinion of the podcast or anything, but um, I think if I called him a scam artist scumbag, he'd challenge me to a boxing match and beat the shit out of me. So I'm just not going to go into it. Quite famous for doing that. If you don't know, he like challenges critics to boxing matches and just beats the everlasting shit out of them. Because he's a cunt. Yeah, but I mean, I'm a person with my own opinion, and fuck you. If you want to challenge me to a boxing match, I'll happily say no because I, I can't fight. I know that, and I don't care if you can. You can fuck off. My opinion is still valid. <laughs> yeah, uh, twenty-eight million because of that. Box office of one hundred and two point three million. One of the films to help kick off the zombie craze, along with obviously twenty-eight days. Uh, and a number of others that were chucked about during the mid-noughties. Uh, I can't really say it's a good thing, because uh, beyond, like, obviously Shaun of the Dead's great, um, Zombieland, Dead Snow, I think that would have been made anyway. There's a lot of shit. Yeah. People enjoy it. Army of the Fucking Dead came out because of this. Uh... Trivia-wise, so still good practical effects. Just there's some amputees used in the film for like armless and legless zombies, uh, which is nice little stuff. Uh, different blood used for zombies at different points of decomposition, and the blood was so large in volume that the camera crew had to wear protection gear to keep the uh, cameras and stuff from malfunctioning. Little goggles. And then the only other thing, just cementing Ving Rhames as a stunning actor during the scene where he's been stitched by uh, Anne. Anna. Mm-hmm. 
where his arm was cut by the fountain. Uh, they got an actual nurse on the on location to do the stitches and stuff to make sure she didn't fuck it up. And she cut too deep and actually cut him rather than the prosthetic. Oh, nice. Yeah, and he bled like, ridiculously. And Zack Schneider just looked over and thought, oh, that's really good blood. I didn't realise it was that good. And then after he said, yeah, I'm going to need to get some stitching because she fucking cut me open. <laughs> but he, he dealt with it. Grit his teeth. So chops, mate. Yeah, uh, and yeah. then only other thing, which we'll go through now, it kind of weaves through the story. But on DVD extra on the film, if you haven't seen it, it's really great. It's on YouTube in full, uh, like 16 minutes. Andy's gun store. So Andy, character in the film who... His own gun store across the street from the mall is trapped there by all the zombies and dies like towards the end, towards the climax building up. Mm-hmm. Uh, a character you've actually come to like, even though he doesn't say a fucking word in the film. It's almost like good writing builds good character. And yeah, in this like little DVD extra, I think you watched like five minutes of it, stuff. Yeah, I, I watched, it I watched like, the first five minutes of the. Uh... The, the, the deleted scene or whatnot, the extended scenes. Yeah, it's like a video diary mm-hmm. kind of thing where he goes day by day talking about what he's doing uh, and goes through as he slowly breaks down mentally, eventually has to eat his goldfish. You can see him starving little by little and he's, he's just going mental, genuinely mad. Uh, and then obviously at the end he dies and gets up zombified. Uh, but yeah, Bruce Bonham does a stunning job with it. You really feel for the guy within a few minutes. And uh, it's a nice kind of short film-esque thing. Really beautiful. But yeah, if you haven't had a chance to watch it, go watch it. It's only like 15 minutes. And if you really like the film, it's worth getting into. Uh, On to the actual film itself. Start off quickly giving an overview of the music selection. It's fucking ace. It's just great. Like the the I say God wants to cut you down, it's brilliant. I really, really like the cover that they have in of um Down with the Sickness. Is that uh it's disturbed, isn't it, Down with the Sickness? Yeah. 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 I'm I'm less uh, keen on the cover, but yeah. It's better than some of Disturbed's own covers. Yeah, uh, when when they started basically sucking the dick of like Sound of Silence and shit, I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to listen to Disturbed anymore. But it's the um, they're the ones who did the cover of all the Who song, aren't they? Oh, what was it with the guitar solo? And then so they had like Stephen Hawking spazzing out for a minute. I can't remember the name of it now. That's really annoying. But yeah, they covered a Who song. And it was fucking awful. Fuck I'm going to have to actually Google that. Because that's, that's going to piss me off now. I know they've done the Simon and Garfunkel song, but that's it. It must have been someone else. Yeah, someone covered Who. The Who. I can't even remember what song it is now. It had a... Oh, Blue Eyes Behind Blue Eyes. Is that oh, Limp Biscuit. That's Limp Biscuit. Shit. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm 
piling more crap onto onto Disturbed than I should. No, <laughs> no one, no one should pile Biscuit's shit on Disturbed. Yeah, I'm sorry. You uh, fucking you go for it, Disturbed. Yeah, Santa Silence is terrible as well. The cover of that doesn't understand shit. But I I really like the cover. It's done by a band. Uh, I think they're Vegas based. Richard Cheese. I believe that's the band's name. And they've kind of done this like lounge singer cover uh, little niche of a load of explicit songs, heavy metal kind of stuff. I had done like People Equal Shit by Slipknot, uh, which is, I mean, it's at least well made, even if you don't like it particularly. Uh, Welcome to the Jungle. I know they've done Enter Sandman. Uh, Baby Got Back by Sir Mix-a-Lot. And a couple other things here and there. It kind of reminds me if you've ever seen that South Park episode where they, they do the San Diego thing. One of my favourite songs from that. It's, uh, it's yeah, Frank Sinatra, kind of um, Tony Bennett kind of singing. Yeah. Which, for what it is, if you don't like the genre, you don't like the genre, but it's well made. And it does drastically change the tone of the song, which is more than can be said for Army of the Dead's covers. Uh, yeah, I suppose, you, yeah. It, it, it kind of, well, it doesn't get any kind of point across, but it, it, it fits in with the, with the rest of the film, I suppose, yeah. Uh, so, jumping into the film proper. So, starting off for the first, I think, five minutes until we see a proper zombie. Uh, which I suppose technically in Army of the Dead you see the opening segment, but then it's 45 minutes of nothing. You know, like building tension. Uh, but yeah, yeah, things like Mildly Wrong, that classic stuff that you do in all zombie films and you, you should always do, to have the tension slowly build, to have these little things. Oh, why, why is a guy going into the ICU for a little bite? Uh, why is a guy in an ambulance lying down and then he gets up with a little false scare? Which I'll, I'll allow... The zombie stuff. Mm-hmm. And you, you fully expect it to be a false scare at this point. Because, you know, it's not built up at all, but it's really fun. Uh, and just kind of teasing away. Standard stuff, generally. And introducing one of the characters. It's a weird thing. Like, zombie films tend to introduce, like, the least competent as the protagonist. You don't have this, like, bona fide badass like Zombieland. You have uh, Jesse Eisenberg's character. Columbus, yeah. not Tallahassee. Uh, I suppose with Shaun of the Dead, short, but sh- they're all fucking useless, so <laughs> what can I say? Um, why can't I think of a single fucking cargo introduced to the woman before and she's useless? How can I not think of a single of the zombie film suddenly? I'm going blank. 28 days later, you're introduced to someone who doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. There you go. I swear I've watched stuff. <laughs> yeah, he's not me. I'm just drawing blank. I have watched zombie films. I mean, it's kind of similar to what happens in The Walking Dead. Like, he, a dude wakes up fucking like six months into a zombie apocalypse and shit. Yeah, or maybe I mean, a couple the, of weeks into it or something. You want the layman? Well, I'd be fucking dead if it was months in. Yeah. Because that stuff has to be removed. Like, his catheter would be up to bursting. His dick would explode. Pro- probably not. I don't know the logistics of that. If you don't change your catheter, if there are any nurses listening, if you don't, if you don't change your catheter, does your dick explode? 
pee builds <laughs> I, up. I, I, I imagine that the bag would probably explode before your dick does. I want a confirmation on that. <laughs> knows what it's talking about. Does your dick explode? Please comment. Another comment wanted, actually. Uh, American suburbs. Why are you so friendly with your neighbours? Like, yeah. Do you do you know your neighbours' uh, names, Steph? Do you know their first and second name? Fuck no. But then oh, yeah. again, I'm probably the wrong person you want to ask anyway. <laughs> so I know the guy on my left, uh, Mick, an Irishman who's... His family are fucking mental, but he's decent. He just mm-hmm. listens to like War of the Worlds way too loud occasionally. Mm-hmm. Like the, the soundtrack to it, which is a bit weird, but... Uh, no, my dad still does that, so... Each their fucking own. Uh, but I have this like 555 rule with him, where I'll give him five minutes of my time, I'll give him five quid if he needs it, and I'll do that every five months. <laughs> and he, he does the same for me. I've never had to actually implement it, except for like, oh... You're having trouble with moving your bin out. I'll give you a hand. Yeah, and that's about it. I'll say hi to him, which I'm happy with. Now, I live next door to the guy. I don't have anything in common with him beyond that. I doubt. Occasionally, I'll give him an Amazon package that gets to my house. Because that's all I need to interact with the fucker in this world. Or I, I don't know if this is real in America, but they let fucking like little girls walk into their own house. Just leave yeah. the door open. Apparently, I mean that—that's what confused me about this film as well. Like the opening, like the the like the first scene that has like a proper attack in it is, oh, how are you doing, honey? Like that isn't your daughter. Don't pretend like it's a normal thing for a little girl to be walking into your house, even though it's not hers. Yeah, it made it even worse. I mean, they've left the door open, clearly. Unlocked. Or at least unlocked. Uh-huh. Or part... No, it's got to be partially open, hasn't it? Because a zombie wouldn't just wander in otherwise. Unless it was listening for something. I, I don't fucking know. I'm only picturing back. Have you seen the film Gerald's Game? No. This is a film where a woman... Um, basically, she's having sex with her husband. He handcuffs her to a bed, and then the husband has a heart attack and dies. And I've heard the, about it, yeah. Yeah. They leave the front door open. And so shit, like, comes in, a dog comes in. And you think, why did you leave the door open? Even if you're in the middle of nowhere, what the fuck? Like, maybe a mailman comes around, maybe a fucking guy asking for directions. It's weird as shit. I just want to get caught, that's all that is. That's I want to get caught giving my wife some nookie. Some fucking fantasy with them. Possibly. I know it's, but, a, I know it's a sex thing for some people. Who leaves the door unlocked while they're sleeping? Yeah, no, that's that's fucking stupid. Is it just that, like, me and you are in fucking fairly crap areas? I, I assume it is, because I had this discussion with a friend of mine. I was like, uh, so I basically watched this about six, seven hours ago um, with a friend of mine. And I had this discussion exactly when this point came up. Um, I was like, I don't get, I've been to Texas and stuff. And uh, when I was over there, literally everyone that I spoke to literally just left their door unlocked for the entire day. And they're like, oh, I'm just going down to the shop. I'll be back in a bit. It's going to be fine. Like, as soon as I walk in from coming home from work, I I, I, I unlock the door 
close it and relock it. People actually have guns in America. Yeah. I, I don't know if that gives them a false sense of security to like, yeah, no one's going to break into my house. If everyone's got a gun, you're on a level playing field. It's the exact same here. That's that's the thing. So people are okay. Right. I assume so. Texas is friendly, isn't it? Am I being stereotypical here? Uh, I, I, I fully expected to go over there and get, like, hung. But, um... No, I, I, everyone seemed fucking great to me. They were like, yeah, you're right, mate. And I'm like... Well, they didn't do it in a Brummy accent, but... <laughs> but you know what I mean. And actually, talking about stereotypes and states and all that, this is set in Milwaukee, uh, Wisconsin. And I know two things about Milwaukee. Uh, first thing is that it has the most bars per people. Like, on a percentage base, per capita, more bars to people than any state in the country. More alcoholics in the state than any state in the country, per person. And the fucking red letter media crew are from there, and it's shit. Like, it snows. And a lot of it is just awful. Snows in April. Oh, great. Uh, and apparently people are miserable there. I think we it's, got that from this one, though. Yeah, all I can gather. So, uh, yeah, people in Milwaukee, lock your fucking doors, for God's sake. But yeah, five minutes for the story to kick off as opposed to 50 minutes. Thank fuck. Yeah. Um. Uh, and little girl popping at the door. Door slightly ajar, she's in the shadows as the audience you can kind of see something's off or at least, I don't know, I've seen this film a lot of times at this point, I watched it when I was a kid, all the way through going up and I watched it again like yesterday, in preparation for this, I could see like little images, I don't know if you could do that in your first viewing I'd have to ask someone but um, yeah, there's something fucking wrong clearly Yeah. and uh, rather than saying why the fuck are you in my house? The guy goes, oh, Vivian, what's wrong? Why are you here? Yeah, you're right, darling. What's going on? And then, and then he gets closer, sees like half her face is missing. And she's like, he's like, oh, she's not screaming about it. But honey, come look at, like, come get the fucking first aid kit. And as he turns back, she takes a massive chunk out of his fucking jugular. Yeah, it's, it's a, not really more could be added on that. I mean, yeah. to be fair, in a universe where zombies don't exist, it's a little girl that's had a face fucking ripped in two. My first reaction would probably be screaming. Oh, yeah. great, yeah. Like, throwing the fucking blanket at her. Just go away. I'd assume I was in a nightmare. I think if a little girl fucking opened the door with that kind of face and scream and run, I'm not really sure myself from the best of light. Uh, Gore there, should be said, yeah, practical and does look really good. Face properly ripped, you can see the teeth and everything, little ligaments flickering away. Yeah. Yeah, I, I will say that the the prosthetics and stuff in this film have done pretty well. Uh, yeah, and this ends up pretty much culminating in Anna's boyfriend going up, checking on Vivian, getting bit in the neck. He screams out. And then, it's hard to describe, like, proper zombies way, proper good zombies and the difference between 
something like this and something like uh, Army of the Dead. Zombies in Army of the Dead feel acrobatic to some extent, feel unreal. Mm-hmm. They've got that slight intelligence behind them and there's... I don't know, for me, there's less fear there. It's not quite as primal. I don't quite see that, oh, I could become this thing. There's not that fear behind it. Yeah, right. So, for me, in the Army of the Dead, it seems like being bitten by a zombie seems to be an upgrade. Like, you have enhanced strength, speed, fucking fitness, you don't get tired, you can fucking do whatever. But in these films, it's like, oh, you are, like, severely limiting what you can do if you're a zombie. Like, don't get me wrong, you're still going to be a shambling fucking corpse, but in this, it's kind of like, it's a bit more of a a threat than it is, like, oh, I could fucking possibly, like, fight off a fucking huge dude when I'm a skinny dude. And if I get bitten by the fucking army of the dead zombies, but... At least you know a lot of the fucking Crypt Keeper in this one. (laughs) I suppose, yeah. I don't know if that's Vegas, like, desiccating them, but... Or did they, like, grey up? Was that the fashion in zombiedom? But in this one, either way, it's far more vicious, primal, feral. And it's... I don't know. That's a lot more um, intense for me than having an intelligence. That's kind of like fucking um, 30 Days a Night. All that stuff. Yeah. The difference between that, I feel it's a different... That almost perfected having the feralness with the intelligence. Yeah. But you need that element of viciousness that I don't think something with a level of yeah. intelligence can properly like, have. Ca- calculated viciousness kind of tops everything, but if it's if it's to pick between just one or the other, I'd probably say vicious is probably more frightening than yeah and it's, as I said it's that standard this is what you could become if you bit yeah. just a mindless it, it, it's set. also the fact like if it's vicious it's like you don't know what's coming next but if you're if they're calculating and whatnot, you can probably kind of guess what they're going to do next there's that kind of air of unpredictability with the viciousness sort of thing yeah, uh, Anna evading her boyfriend who gets bit in the neck, dies slowly, she tries to call 999, that's standard. Mm-hmm. It's all busy and all that. Knocks over tables, grabs the keys to the car as it revives, starts chasing after her, ends up in the bathroom. Uh, does the standard, that whole fucking, are you alright after attacking yeah. me? You're a nurse. I'll forgive it usually because it's like you're an idiot and you're in a situation, but you're a nurse. It's just attacked, yeah. Yeah, you you physically watched him die. You felt for a pulse. There was none. He gets back up, starts trying to attack you. I I don't know. I, I don't know why they need to do it for every zombie film. They're like, oh, he's heavily attacking the door, and then he stops, and they're like, oh, is he still there? <laughs> course he's fucking still there you just for some reason you think that that's gonna fool us like oh clearly he's gone or he's distracted by something else but it's never the case you never open the door and it's like oh yeah he did actually just fuck off 
Yeah, I mean, at the very least, it helps to cement Anna as being, you know, not just some dancer in distress as she kicks him in the face as she climbs out the bathroom window, which is quite a nice shot, if anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and seeing him, like, run after her car. Yeah, and then rugby tackle some dude on the lawn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's one of the best openings for a zombie film ever. There's no doubt about that, at least, like, chaotically. I think you, you said prefer the zombie land opening. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's... Uh, it. I think it's literally just the mix of... It has music that I enjoy, and it's got, like, a fairly comical but yet somehow still terrifying kind of opening couple of minutes it uh, and what? then it kind of it kind of what? at least for that film it kind of gives you what you know that you're going to be going into if you know what I mean yeah what what was the song they used uh for whom the bell tolls by metallica i thought i don't listen to enough metallica it, it, it's a pretty decent song for what it is. I'm one of those twats who also the Black Album's the best. Oh yeah, on, on that yeah. level of like little newbie layman. Uh, I I think that's pretty much everyone's like. And for the hipsters, uh, I know enough that I can like ride the lightning. I can pretend. Yeah. But uh, I yeah. think I think I think the Black Album's everyone's favourite. To be fair, so you're not alone. But yeah, during all the chaos as uh, Anna gets in the car, starts driving off, you know, you've got the standard people smacking on the car doors. Or at Zombieland, that was the like, little girls, wasn't it? Little zombified girls. Yeah. As a woman got hit with a seatbelt and everything. That started the song, yeah. Now I'm starting to remember everything. Uh, but there's, there's general chaos during this. Like, the ambulance hits her fucking neighbour that pulls a gun on her. Yeah. No reason, really. Just bashes him and start driving off. Uh, which is mildly amusing. And driving through the chaos, there's a few air shots. Uh, really great, just explosions going on in the area. I really hate to say it, but I'm kind of reminded of Birdemic. Like the halfway mark. Where uh, you see I've the whole chaos it, so. going on. Yeah, like birds are shooting down against the city. You see explosions here, there, and everywhere. I hate, hate to make the connection. Uh, and then, of course, Connie, yeah, Connie, Johnny Cash, God's gonna cut you down, comes through. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, which, yeah, I, I think done better than the Metallica one. I think it's more memorable. I can actually remember the Johnny Cash one, and I could before all this, and it kind of got me into Johnny Cash. To be fair, it's one of his more vicious yeah. songs. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've never been much of a Johnny Cash oh, fan anyway. But it's man comes around. That it's not God's gonna cut you. Yeah, man yeah, comes around. Yeah, what am I saying? But um, he did a lot of pseudo-religious stuff. They get kind of mixed up, and he had one of them had Kanye West. That was God's gonna cut you down. With Kanye West clapping along. Uh, yeah, you get a load of new scenes coming through, which are standard stuff. Zombies overrunning, I think, like the rest of the world. Like an Arabic country that seems to be overrun. Yeah. 
I think, again, it, it's the good way of doing it. They don't tell you what happens. They don't tell you why this is happening. There's no, like, virus, meteor, aliens. Because we don't need to know. So it's yeah, it, it, at this point, we just know it happens. We don't need to find out why it's happening or anything like that. And I think this is one of those... Um, it's one of those universes where they don't know that zombies are a thing. Like that, there's no like, oh, there's media about zombies and stuff like that. So it's like, I'm on a fifty-fifty on that. Whether that's a good or a bad thing, generally. Yeah, like sometimes it can be done well, sometimes it can't. But I, I, I'd assume that it, this is well. I don't know why I said assume, but this is probably one of the times where it's done better than most most of them because um, this is like uh, they they don't figure out until like l- maybe mid film that bites are the t- reason for the transfer of the infection and stuff like that so yeah and it adds a level of tension that yeah. um, dramatic irony where the audience is worried about this fat woman that's clearly infected and that the rest of the characters should say t- to be fair I'm kind of iffy on that because you've seen your boyfriend revive, you've seen other people revive, and you should go, oh, this woman's really sick. Probably mm-hmm. should quarantine her. She might have the virus. Uh, but yeah, jumping back through, she, uh, Anna, ends up, as a guy tries to take over a car, she ends up crashing into a tree down like a little ravine, uh, kind of reminiscent of the Walking Dead video game. Uh, where Lee's police car crashes down. It's a nice little opening, and it gets you kind of away from all the major action and gives a reason that you aren't killed instantly. Uh, and then I've only wrote down good old Ving Rhames because that's... I don't want to jack the guy off, but he just does such a good job with the whole of this, being just a gem. Yeah. Literally, he's... Uh, I wouldn't say smartest, but like he... Has more of a survival-minded uh, kind of uh, approach to this in general. Like, as soon as he finds that she's still in the car, he points the shotgun at her and he's like, "Speak!" And obviously, if she didn't answer, she he would have blown her fucking face off. So, uh, like, there's reasons why people do certain actions in this film and you can see why without anyone having to explain like oh he did that because obviously zombies can't speak like they have relative faith that the the people that are watching this film are like all right you're not a fucking idiot you get it yeah i mean that says a lot about james gunn's writing yeah is willing to leave a lot of it up to the audience. Going, they don't have to fucking highlight everything for you. Don't have to push everything through. And he's got beautiful little details as well. It's just yeah, dialogue's really succinct, really fast, as much as needs to be said. Yeah, points the gun at her, says speak. She says please, which is a yeah, really nice little exchange. And then she's just hobbling along behind him. Yeah. Uh, at which point, introduced to three other characters. Uh, one of which I can't remember the girl's name. Luda. I think it was something like that. Yeah, I remember Andre. Uh, yeah, An- Andre, uh, 
um, I've forgotten his name, uh, Michael, Michael and um, Luda. Luda. Yeah, go with Luda. She's Russian, isn't she? Like, or her dad's Russian. She wants to name the baby a Russian yeah, name. Yeah, something like that. The, the only thing that confused or gets me is um, when they all first meet each other, it's like, yeah, don't go to Fort wherever, because... I doesn't just came from say there. Fort Pastor to be fair. What oh, right. what he says is don't walk there because mm-hmm. like the roads are just filled with uh, infected. So yeah. at that point, Fort Pastor was still going. But uh, so yeah, basically uh, they all meet each other and they're like, "Don't go that way because we just came from that way. It's fucked." And that was when we had eight people, which fine. Yeah, you lost people, whatever. But if he was the one that was leading those eight people and he got maybe 70% of that group killed, they look at him like in the next five, ten minutes, they look at him like he's the thinker, he's the leader of this group. Let's follow whatever he says. I mean, he he comes up with good ideas. You say that. Yeah, he Oh, yeah. sort of. He just split up in the mall. That's that's yeah. his plan, which is bad. Uh-huh. That, to be fair, uh, but otherwise, yeah, he comes up with like board the mall up idea, which I think anyone would. Granted, comes up with the SOS on the roof, which again, I, I, I hope that CJ had actually come up with that by himself eventually. Yeah, common sense shit. Yeah. Uh. I suppose patrol the mall's pretty good, but yeah, only at least it says the mall's the best approach. Which is thinking through like zombie films, one of the better aspects. Yeah, probably one of the better ideas I've had in past. Wreck. <laughs> there you go, there's another zombie film. <laughs> Just trying to prove my cred now. Zombie films I've actually watched, as you know, Wreck. That's great. You'll get there, mate. Don't worry. Yeah. That's what happens when you get five strong bows down. You start forgetting stuff. Uh, but yeah, uh, through as they meet up, Andre, Michael, Luda, uh, and then... Fuck. I can't remember his name. I can't even remember Ving Rhames now. Officer and Anna. Um, Kenneth. Yeah, Kenneth. Uh, they get shot at. The... Uh, Kenneth and Anna, which everyone's a bit trigger happy. Perfectly fine. It's not a survival thing, not a logic thing. It's just fire. You see something moving. Yeah. yeah. Shoot first, ask questions later. And like seven of them, eight of them. No, yeah, five of them have died. They had eight before. So I'd shoot first. Uh, some quick world building. It's really nice. It's just over and done within seconds. And given the budget, I won't decry them not showing it. So that's perfectly reasonable as you hear that places have been destroyed. At the mall, which is the big centrepiece of the film, in 15 minutes, as opposed to like 50 within uh, Army of the Dead. It's what I want to see. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, when you're talking as well about the 1978, I God hope it was 1978 now, I saw that a lot. It took them something like, I don't know the exact time, like 40 minutes. It's surprising you ever watch it. Uh, it starts off with an FBI raid 
and reporters talking about the whole thing. It takes ages. Like they end up on a plane field and they drive to the mall and it, uh, or yeah, helicopter over. It's fucking forever to get there. But with this, you know, hour and a half film, get there in 15 minutes, bang, done. Yeah. It's perfect. Uh, and they get in, they smash through with a toilet. I'm not quite sure what entrance they actually used to get in. If something was like open and they had keys later, it's not shown, but fair enough. It looks like they break into a specific store and then walk through the store out into the centre of the mall and probably shut the shutters. Yeah, the I suppose it's maybe like a back door or something. Yeah. yeah fair enough. Uh, then yeah, they get to a lot of fountain towards the entrance. Uh, before we actually do go on, like, game-wise influences... I'm almost 100% certain. You played Left 4 Dead 2? I played bits of it, yeah. I'm fairly damn sure that like most of that cast is inspired by people in this film. Like Nick... Yeah, it wouldn't... Directly... It wouldn't me. Directly taken from Michael's likeness. Uh, Coach, directly fucking taken from Ving Rhames. And Ellis, from like Terry and Tucker. Like bit mm-hmm. and bit. I'm almost certain. It's not said anywhere, but it's so fucking close. And obviously Dead Rising directly fucking ripped from um, the good old, probably the original, 1978, Drawn the Dead, but a lot of aspects of that. Yeah, the whole shopping mall and all that. Yeah, that's a great fucking game if anyone gets a chance. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, film-wise, they're all sitting around uh, it's got Andre, Luda, Kenneth, Michael, and Anna at this point. And eventually they decide, you know, we're going to have to check out the mall, make sure that it's safe on this floor at least. And they go around uh, separately. Kenneth stays with the two girls by the by the fountain, and Michael and Andre go off in their own separate directions. Yeah, which, which is... Yeah, not smart, but I, I kind of allow them that because they're not survivalists at a, a couple dumb decisions like when you need to make them in the moment I've done some dumb shit in the moment <clears throat> that I should yeah, have I definitely known better with and it's yeah. there's only a couple of them and they're understandable it, it's that kind of classic let's cover more ground and get this up. ultimately you want to do it together Andre's fairly uneventful he finds that doors are shut it's all safe enough. Uh, Michael, on the other hand, gets a bit confused. I'll let you go over this one. Yeah, so... Right, so he has a... I assume a solid steel fucking crowbar. Yeah, it might be a bit heavy, but... Fine, whatever. It's a solid weapon... It's got some reach. It's got fucking hell of a lot of kick. You could probably brain a zombie or two with a a single strike. Whatever. So he walks into a like support uh, sports good uh, sports goods store, and he's like, "Hey, this crochet mallet looks pretty good." He takes like a practice swing with it, and then he's like, "Yeah." That that's fine. I'm gonna leave my crowbar here, 
I'm just going to take this croquet mallet. And it's... It's one of the stupidest fucking decisions, because that's made of, like, a flimsy wood, and it's made for sport. It's not made for fucking caving in, caving in the skull. Bear in mind, neither is a crowbar, but it's made for pulling open fucking heavy doors and shit. So, you know, use that. Um, obviously... The second he picks it up, he hears a noise in like a back room. There's like a door that's slightly ajar, and he walks towards it and kind of looks in, and he finds like a zombie's like eating someone. Um, the zombie stands up. He takes a swing. Obviously, the instant he takes a swing, the fucking mallet snaps in half, and um. Yeah, he gets tackled, almost bitten, and in my head, I'm like, wouldn't have happened if you had a fucking crowbar. <laughs> Literally one swing, that fucking zum is dead on the floor, and none of this happens. You don't exert any extra fucking effort because you're trying to hold off a zombie while it's trying to bite you. It's literally whack. Okay, it's down. Yeah, and like has to like break the thing open, slam it up his. Uh, yeah, neck he off. he. Yeah, so basically, after it snaps, it snaps at a fucking amazing angle because it it looks like it's pretty much being cut like uh, diagonally across the shaft. So obviously, it's sharp at one end. Oh, you always work oh. the shaft, don't you? I don't know, do you? Don't fucking don't pay attention to that. It was a quick one moment joke. I'm I'm leaving that in. <laughs> um, but yeah, basically, fucking stabs the dude with the like snapped half of the crochet mallet up underneath the chin and straight through the brain. Which, again, crowbar is just a one hit kill. Just keep the crowbar. Yeah. Uh, possibly worse is when the police officer fails to notice the zombie ever encroaching towards the group by the fountain, getting overpowered, cutting his arm open, and almost dying, requiring Anna to save his ass. Yeah, I think the worst part is the fact that the zombie should probably go for the closest meal for him. But he runs past Ving Rames, the dude with the shotgun, heading towards the two women. Obviously, it looks like it's trying to bite Luda. The the pre oh she's pregnant at this point. She's uh, a pregnant woman. Uh, presumably, at least uh, like cuts her or skims her with her teeth. Yeah, it, it looks that way. Um, and then obviously Ving Rames comes over to he can't shoot the. He can't fire the shotgun with a pregnant lady literally right next to a zombie. So he runs over to try and um, drag the zombie off. But the zombie kind of pushes back and he falls into the fountain, drops the shotgun. And then um, the nurse, I can't remember her name. Uh, Anna. Uh, Anna. Here we go. Anna kind of picks up the shotgun, fires at the zombie, and kind of wounds it. But for some reason, 
it acts hurt. Uh, I'm imagining like she put it off guard, hit it in like the neck or the shoulder, turned it over, and then it's like flapping about in the water. Couldn't swim. Yeah, yeah, it flops about in the water like a fish flops on land, and then instead of going, all right, that didn't really hurt. It just knocked me off my feet. It instead does that until it's killed about half an hour to an hour later. Yeah, pretty much. Just flops about uselessly. Yeah. Uh, eh, it, it, fun enough. Seems to be enjoying yeah. itself. But yeah, with all of this coming off... They get in the lift, decide to go onto the second floor. Probably a smart fucking move. Uh, and as far as I'm concerned, that's kind of the end of Act 1, where everyone's introduced as CJ comes up along with... Is it Bart or Bert? I think it's Bert. Bert, yeah. Which is the most stereotype, like, I'm a douchebag name, isn't it? Yeah. It's like fucking Chantel. Fuck you, Bert. I'm a Bert. Charmaine. It's properly like the Charmaine of America. Yeah, meets up with uh, Anne Terry. Fucking yeah. generic accountant name. No offence to Terry's out there. And yeah, put by gunpoint. Yeah, basically uh, told if you want to stay here, you got to give us your guns and we'll lock you in to a specific store. Perfectly fair. We don't want you running around stealing I shit. I mean, it's a fucking mall and... There's no law anymore. I think he's fucking going in for his uh, raise for the month, his monthly yeah. quota. Yeah. Performance review. Don't blame the guy. Employee of the month, thank you. I'm the only one left that's an employee, so fuck you all. There's three of them. They've got to compete for Yeah, it. but the other two. One's a trainee um, and the other one's a fucking moron, so... Yeah. yeah, Bert's an idiot and Terry lets out the prisoners. Yeah. So, I mean, CJ's fucking shooing. <laughs> it's a long game, mate. Uh, yeah, they're locked into, like, a TV shop. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Uh, little cameo by Tom Savini as a sheriff. I, we've not touched a film where he's properly been in it yet, have we? But he's, like, cameoed in five of them. Yeah, I think so. I know Wishmaster he did a cameo. Mm-hmm. Really, it's like... A, fucking chemist worker or uh, shopper. Yeah, I would not touch, we'd have to touch an actual film he's in. Later on, um, Ken Furry, who played Roger in the original 1978 version, cameos as well as a preacher, TV preacher. Yeah. There's also a few like little signs for the other cast members who I can't remember the names of, but they're here and there. Uh, during all this, Michael kind of takes charge as, yeah, discussed earlier, comes up with the uh, barricade it and tape off the roof kind of thing. Yeah, uh, right. Say so, uh, SOS on the roof and shit. Yeah, quite smart about it, actually. Kind of gives, uh, oh, it's your idea, and it's CJ. This is what we should do. And kind of puts it in his head that, yeah, you, this is what you want to do, and this is your idea to begin with, so. You want to do it. It's very basic psychology, but mm-hmm. I I noticed it. 
fairly shit with that sort of stuff, but um, it's something. Yeah, and you, you see them on the roof. Don't see them barricading, but I'm presuming they like shove up barricades or put down the shutters or something. Yeah, it would make sense. I'm not saying like, what was it, shopping mall? With the fucking um, giant steel barricade doors. Yeah. That one, that one with the robots. Not seen quite that level. <laughs> Which was the better depiction of an actual mall, do you reckon? This or shopping mall? Um, probably, well, I mean, they're both pretty good depictions, but if we're going more realistic, I'd say this one. I don't, I don't see any mall height at buying state-of-the-art robots and fucking, like, blast door shutters for their fucking malls, though. No, Dudley fucking City Centre ain't doing that anytime soon. <laughs> you know, Wolverhampton at one point had the uh, dense system out of Greggs in the country. Yeah, I'm not surprised. There was a, a point where you could stand and do a 360 and see four different Greggs. <laughs> like, not move. You just rotated. You can see four of them. It, yeah, they ain't fucking paying for that shit. Uh, it pretty much all kicks off. Then Andy's introduced as the guy in the gun store who's writing stuff over. Uh, so, you know, there's someone else alive and around. And it really kicks into gear when there's a truck that appears driving about, you know, swerving, kicking zombies out of the way. And there's an argument between a lot of them of, oh shit, should we find this truck and get it? Or Yeah, there's a couple things that happened before that, here and there. Uh, just a few jail segments. Bert being a moron. And Terry being a pervert who keeps looking at Anna on the cameras, <laughs> staring at her. Yeah. Which is where he finds the truck. And looks at Nicole in it. I want to say, begins with an end. Looks at her on the camera. She's crying as her dad's dying. Presumably he goes to jack off in a corner. Fucking creep. Possibly knowing... Well, I'd say knowing him, but yeah, possibly. Yeah, like during all of this, I don't think CJ's ever shown to be stupid. No. Terry's CJ's more... Uh, at the start of the film, he's more uh, self-interested. He, as long as he survives, he couldn't give a fuck about anyone else. Yeah, I think it'd been really, it'd have been really easy to make him an idiot. Yeah, and just useless. Uh, but Bert certainly is. Bert's a moron. I, I don't think Terry's too bright no. for a lot of this. He's got a bit of a heart to him, but if you, if you have fancy fucking Nicole, you can't have too many cells in your head. Good looking, but Jesus, nothing going on up there. CJ is one of the few people I actually respected. I think. Yeah. Uh, either way, yeah, when they see the truck going through the parking lot. Yeah, car park. Don't know why it took me so long. Nah, it's There's okay. a, bit of a, yeah, a bit of a hostile takeover. Yeah. As CJ gets punched in the face, uh, Bert gets punched in the face by Michael and Ving Rames, respectively. Quite fun to watch, really quick. And just guns pointed at them. They're shoved in a little holding cell, which they don't escape from for quite some time in the film. Yeah, and they don't even escape. They're just let out at some point because they're 
the people with the most knowledge about them all. Yeah, Janorak goes off later on. Yeah. But they need to sort that shit out. But they don't turn it back on. But we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, with the actual truck that's driving about, there's... With Army of the Dead, right, you had professional, semi-professional, I say professionals in like air fucking quotes. Mm-hmm. The biggest air quotes I can, who ha- should have had a plan. And who should have cemented it and knew what they were doing. In this, you've got normal people, normal people, myself included. I always say, look, if you're going to have a go at humanity and you don't include yourself, it's meaningless. So mm-hmm. myself included are idiots, normal people are morons. Yep. And they can't plan well in the uh, intense situation. Yeah. And this shows, you know, precisely that they don't communicate. They've run down, ready to open up the doors as the truck slams against the garage uh, filled with people. But instead, the main majority of the truck, they get up a ladder. I'm not quite sure how they got the fat wheelbarrow woman up the ladder. No, they what? didn't. She was in the, uh, she was in the back. Um, All right. So the actual truck doors, those people got up the top, and then people in the back. Yeah, the people in the cabin, uh, the cab at the front, they climbed up onto the roof and climbed up the ladders. The people that were locked in the back of the van, they had to have the shutter opened, um, and be like kind of let in and then shut her back down. Okay, fair enough. That makes sense. That's just... Yeah, I'd, I'd be loath not to mention it, but tiny little writing quirks of James Gunn. A, a good writer understands that the little stuff is what builds up a proper world. Just stuff like Michael forgetting to unlock the door. Like, one, two, three, pushing against it and it still being locked. Yeah. And Andre just shaking his head and unlocking it. And that's also, you know, Michael constantly saying, you know, we've got to go, we've got to go help him. And Andre's saying, fuck off. Are we doing it? And then both agreeing eventually, yeah, we're going to have to do it. Yeah. Push comes to shove. It's really nice little visual things that you can show that, yeah, these people do care and you should care for them without having to say it. Yeah. Like, there's even a, there's even a scene where, um, like, as soon as everyone's back in and they've rescued those people, uh, Michael's like, oh, so how did you get the van? Does it still work? And whatever. And this uh, woman, um, elderly woman, she's like, yeah, um, I just got a phone call over the radio, or got a call over the radio saying that there was people locked inside of a church, and I was driving past, so I picked them up. And he's like, "Fucking well done! Like, congratulations! Like, you did a good job." And then there's the dickhead on the couch, uh, on the seat, just like, "Yeah, after you two men are like done blowing each other, do you mind telling me what your plan is for staying here?" Like there's that there's that you get in like little scenes like that. There's you can kind of tell where everyone's mindset is and like what kind of personality they have. You don't need it like explicitly like stated like, oh, this is the nice guy. That's the dickhead. That's the whatever. Like you can just tell what's going on. Yeah, pretty much. Uh. So with all that, they all come in, and the new group come in. You've got uh, Chunky McGee who's coming around in a wheelbarrow. Mm-hmm. It's like a fucking 
what's his name, Adam off Man vs. Food. If there's some like alternate universe where he's a woman and yeah. he didn't he didn't stop the show. She's just gigantic. Those. Fucking I think if he if he didn't stop the show, he'd be dead. <laughs> those like classic. Your mom's so fat that she needs to be left out in a crane. Yeah, that's this woman. Yeah. And uh, you've got Tucker as well, who's like a pretty nice, unassuming um, redneck. Redneck. Word. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking redneck, but. I was wondering if that was a bit too hard. Yeah, if if you didn't want to say it, I would have said it for you, mate. Yeah, nice fucking guy. Yeah, and he's probably the best of the group. Uh, an old woman who knows shit, a trucker, takes no nonsense. Uh, Nicole, who I hate with a passion, young yep. girl. Uh, Frank, who dies, mm-hmm. and Steve, who has surprisingly funny one-liners. Yeah, um, I, I, again, I watched, I watched this one with a friend of mine, and um, I, again, I was talking to this person, and everything that Nicole did, this person was like, uh, or the friend of mine was like, yeah, I would have done that, and I was like, um, I think I'd sac, I'd use you as like a like meat shield at some Fucking point during running it. a ham sandwich across the car park towards Andy. Yeah. She can have the fucking short short. Yeah, Nicole's a moron. Yeah. That really genuinely deserves to die. She gets people killed. Yeah. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, you, you fucking. She's lost or he lost her brother, lost her mother. Like, everyone fucking has. You don't see anyone else fucking, like, going to shit about it. They're just getting on with their fucking shit to survive. <laughs> they don't want to be dragging you a fucking lung with them. The only thing that slightly falls apart for me is how accurate people are shooting-wise. Mm-hmm. Which means built up, obviously, the um, blood splats. You have them in the head. Little holes ready to fire off. It's like every shot is a headshot. But uh, first. They, they're all playing Call of Duty and shit. That's all it is. They're, they're, these fucking video games are making people violent. Getting them... <laughs> accustomed to war and all that shit. I, I'm joking. I fucking love my video games, but fucking aim support up in there. Yeah, all free sis. Uh, for all, all of them are free sis. Uh, three hundred and sixty no scoping on card. <laughs> Playing life on very easy difficulty. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, I, I know. It, what you has, mean. it has I think, to be done. I think Michael is probably the weakest. If, yeah, if that's I the one that didn't correctly. make sense. That means he still gets headshots constantly. And when I first shot guns, mm-hmm. I couldn't hit shit. Yeah. I, like, uh, during that time where Michael kind of went out to go save the people in the van, he was, like, hitting people in the shoulder and shit. It was um, still hitting them in the head occasionally. Yeah, he'd still hit the occasional one in the head. But... I wouldn't like I don't mid think film. His, his level of experience, I don't think I'd hit him in the head. No. At all. I don't think your average person would. In America, I don't think your average person who's slightly familiar with guns would manage to hit them in the head that no. consistently. No. But I, it's a necessity with this sort of stuff because you can't have people die just to one zombie. It ruins the character. So have to uh, let it slide 
to some extent. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's just where I live, because I, I live in Birmingham and England, we don't have guns or firearms or anything. But I think firearms in just a zombie apocalypse situation is a stupid idea anyway. It just... The fact that you're, fuck, you've got this. Oh, yeah, it's good to keep them at a distance and whatnot. And I'm not, I'm not discounting firearms as a weapon. It's just you set off a large explosion very close to you, um, and if literally anything hears that, it's coming towards you at some point. Oh, I was wondering where you were going with that. Yeah, no. It's kind of like what you're talking about. What you're talking, yeah, fair enough. It's yeah. always that thing with Left 4 Dead, like crescendo event. Yeah, bullets. Are, they're not as loud as movies say they are. Granted. Yeah, I know that. I I live in Winston Green. It it there's <laughs> fucking a gunshot here every weekend. But um, I just I don't know. It, it just the fact that in in films like they're like oh. You can chew through fucking. You can go through bullets like there's no one business. You don't have to reload. There's no, there's no like ammo counting. None of that shit. Like John Wick started to do, like started to do that well. Yeah, but, genuinely. But like, um, yeah, like, like it's recently it, actually called the Nobody that did a yeah. really good job with it as well. Ammo counting stuff. It counted every single bullet. From hmm. like, if it's a thirty-eight, had six rounds. If it's a hmm. nine mil, out of about twelve or eleven, I can't remember exactly how much it stands. Nine mil pistol has, but if it's a, uh, you know, double barrel has two shots. Yeah, it's it's done. That was really really good for it. Uh, for this film, I'm I'm gonna like give it a pass. Yeah, a touch. And I'm not this I, stuff. I, I, yeah, it's just it's just something that uh, like. It's like a tiny nitpick for me personally. It's just like um, I have a very small fascination with firearms. It's just uh, I'll never probably have one, but you know, just the fact that uh, I'm I'm interested in them. I'm it's sort of a thing for me. It's like oh, that one has like seven shots, or that one has whatever, and then obviously no one reloads, or there's no. There's no thought to like. Oh, we've got this much bullets. Like, I don't know who would carry around like fucking three hundred rounds of nine millimeter bullets or whatnot. So I I wouldn't understand why you'd have that. And you, there's you specifically don't have a gun store in the mall because there's the dude that's literally across the way that you're trying to get to give you bullets. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, in the original, there was a gun store. You pretty much following just four people for the entire thing. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, jumping through the film, uh, this is where we find out that Fort. I really, I keep trying to say Fort Polk rather than Fort Pasta. Yeah, that Fort Polk's meant to be some shithole in America, but no, like a um, one of the army bases there. It's just horrible, and that that keeps going through my head. Uh, but yeah, Fort Pasta, the big place in uh, Wisconsin, Milwaukee. It's fake. It's made for the film, but it's been overrun. You hear from uh, Steve, which is fucked, and he says it in a kind of sarcastic way. Uh, yeah. Sort of, what is it? 
yeah, someone has to they all dead there. Sort of. They're dead-ish. And wants yeah. a confirmation. Because dead the guy's dead as in, like, they fall down and then they get back up and whatever. Yeah, and the cop wants to go there for his brother, but eventually is convinced that you fucking can't, mate. Mm-hmm. Uh, during all this, Anna's caring for everyone within the some like furniture shop. Uh, Tucker's had a bit of a jaunt on his foot, and uh, Frank's yeah, he's twisted been, his ankle or something. Frank's been bit. And and uh, no one deals with or anything. Which yeah, I, I know zombies don't exist, but as I said, the boyfriend's been bit. For fuck's sake, part of you's got to go. You know what? We're gonna have to quarantine him. Because I don't mm-hmm. know how this spreads. It could be airborne, could be blood. It's probably bloodborne because we're not all fucking zombies. Yeah, that was another thing that I. Again, it was a tiny nitpick. Like, all right, they, they don't know how this spreads. And the first maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes of this film, Michael is literally covered in blood from other zombies. Like, from head to toe. Like,. The entirety of the left side of his face is covered in blood. His shirt's covered in blood. Like, yeah, it's a zombie film, though. Yeah, I know. Gore and fun in it. Like, if they're if they're worried about how this thing transmits, I'm sure having zombie blood all over your face would be like maybe that's a problem. Yeah, if you are, if you do find yourself viewers in a zombie apocalypse situation, I'd recommend a bike helmet, levers. They get blood on you, washed all off. Disinfectant. COVID has prepared us all. <laughs> yep, always wear your face mask. Um, yeah, within the nurse revival station, uh, I don't think she's ever actually given a name, and I've just called a wheelbarrow chunkster. <laughs> <laughs> she no, got... she she actually that there's it's even brought up in the film. Like, did anyone know her name? No, she died without a name. Is that what he said? It's like, I, I couldn't hear it. I had it 100%. I was desperately trying to work out what Tucker was saying. And there were no yeah. subtitles on Amazon. And I genuinely thought he said, that woman had a name. As if, like, nah. saying that fat people don't have names. <laughs> Why would she have a name? No, nah, it was, uh, she died without a name. That sucks. Oh, right. Okay. No, yeah, I got it now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so confused that Tucker was just, like, anti-fat people or something. Chunkster gets up, kind of terrifying actually, like sprinting at four, three hundred pounds. If she drops on you, you're gonna be fucking crushed before you. Yeah. Bit in that. And uh, Anna manages to skewer the boomer. Yeah, nice. and then kind of slide her off to the her side. Which, if a if a chunky woman like that is running full blast at you, you won't have the strength to kind of no change that momentum she is literally hitting you picking up dead weight it's fucking difficult if it's a normal sized person that level yeah you're gonna have real fucking trouble uh but yeah next few minutes dedicated to kind of frank as we go in towards the settling down and trying to build up the fort as frank's obviously been bitten anna comes up with oh i i felt chunks to die as I had a, was it? It's radio. It's not radial pulse. Is it arterial? It's by the throat, just under the uh, jaw. 
jugular. It's a ju- jugular pulse. Is that the word for it? Yeah. I just know the radials. There's, um, yeah, there's like arterial spray and stuff like that. But yeah, I couldn't remember what it was called. At all. Uh, but yeah, it does that? Felt I die, and then get back up, and then more or less says to the rest of the group, you know, biting does it. Frank's been bit, and mm. Michael goes on it. Right, we're gonna have to kill him before he gets up and kills us. Yeah, and yeah, obviously it's it's never I don't know what, the logical. If we're taking this cold calculating way, when Anna tries to then protect Frank and goes on, oh, you can't kill him. We can't just go around killing people. But again, because we've built up these people as characters, I can see why she's taking that stance. Oh, she's wrong. Yeah. Just objectively wrong. But she's clearly like, you know, she's a nurse. She's a bit more empathetic. Yeah, like democratic. Is it democratic health or. Uh, no, it's um, oh fucking, you're talking about the like the doctor's oath. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh, it begins with the H. Homopath. Hippocratic. Oh, Hippocratic. That's the one. Yeah. Hippocratic. Oh, there we go. So I, I'd I'd understand why she she feels like not, no one should have to die for it and whatnot, and maybe quarantine when we can find like a cure for it. But I, I I'm I'm heavily on the side same side as you are like if you're in a survival situation no one in your group is making a cure it's safer to uh kill them off and fuck them off yeah as i said it's it's a character thing so i can see why she said it yeah uh and michael and uh kenneth both uh, give the nod to yes he's gonna have to be killed she rushes in saying they're about to shoot you and it it's a nice little build-up of um, climax mm-hmm. as it kind of ends the f- first section of the film, the first half of the film, with the big ending to it, moving towards the far harsh second half. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, the big bump before the slight uh, lax intention and then jumping back up. So yeah, Frank Dying's pretty heartbreaking as well. It's well shot. Only thing, music, slightly too loud for my taste. Uh, and normally I decry Kenneth being on the same side of the fence as Frank, but that shot is just so cool with the shotgun pointed straight down them, you know, eye to eye. You're just saying you're going to stare at me every second. He goes, yep, I'm going to kill you the second you look f- funny at me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, obviously, realistically, be on the other side of the fucking fence, for God's sake, and just hit him through the head. But, Jesus, that's cool. With Frank, are you got anything to say on that? So for a um, jump on? No, like like you said, it's a good scene. It, it, it kind of t- it shows you where everyone is. Like, um, Michael may have all the ideas, but he's, ne- he's not exactly sure about going through with it whereas Ving Graham's like the, the the policeman's pretty much the kind of he's the heavy he's the one that'll do the necessary tasks if needed to so I think that's worth saying actually on that uh, that it when he dies you don't see it you hear it and you see the reaction of Michael and um, Anna yeah 
Anna kind of says, uh, I'm glad that you didn't go through with it. And then Michael doesn't say anything. And then there's a large shotgun blast in the background and they just look at each other. Yeah. And I always said uh, during discussion on uh, Exorcist stuff that a lot of the horror doesn't come from the actual gore and everything. It comes from the people's reactions to it. Mm-hmm. I think perfect people to highlight here, Anna and Michael, who are going to have more of a visceral reaction than Kenneth, who's been through this shit day in, day out at this mm-hmm. point. Uh, it, it, for him, it's less being thrown into the deep end, more kind of paddling up. For them, it really is fucking chucked in with cement shoes. Uh, it's more interesting to watch. With that, quite rightly, it gets a bit more lighthearted for, what, like 15 minutes? Yeah, something like that. So I'm going to defend it to the end of days. Uh, I don't know if it's get up, get down with the sickness. I think it's just the sickness, isn't it? Uh, down with the sickness. Oh, yeah. down with the sickness, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like to listen to the song quite a lot. His mom's really big uh, <laughs> fan of Disturbed and that sort of stuff. Uh, and the band that did Chop Sway. And that sort of side uh, of stuff. System of Down. Yeah, System of Down. She really loves that. Um, pop, rap, crap. Bit of rock, uh, but mo- yeah. mostly trash. Yeah, I listen to a bit of anything. Yeah, I like the cover. I think it, yeah. it's at least fitting for the duration of it. Uh, and fun little scenes. You kind of go back in between each and every person minus CJ and uh, actually there is one scene with CJ and Bert just trading cigarettes mm-hmm. betting on something or something like that uh, to be fair to the film like you can tell which characters they're actually trying to cement as people and yeah. drag out and which ones are like meat sacks with a personality labelled just mm-hmm. stamped on this is blonde slut This is weird old man. Both of them are definitely going to die and you're not going to hear anything about them. You're not going to remember their names. Yeah, because the old man's like trying on women's heels and stuff like that in a shop and uh, obviously Blonde's like is getting like banged against the counter. Yeah, by good old Steve. Yeah. Is that? It's a bit off, isn't it? In terms of like the 10 out of 10 scale. Yeah. She's got a few points on him. Yeah. Well, you say just a few, but quite a few. Especially money can't mean anything at the end. That it doesn't mean shit. No. Nah. How rich you are at this point or how famous you are. I think even at, uh, towards the end she even she's pissed off that she's like, Fuck <laughs> me, this dude's annoying. Yeah, he, he records it and shit. Yeah. That that is still pretty damn funny. Uh, during uh, the whole thing as well uh, some little bits of tension built up Andre refusing to let people visit his wife which uh, audience don't know either what's going on with that yet you can take your guesses mm-hmm. and if you haven't seen it yet exactly what you think pretty much uh, and at the end one of my like favourite little segments in a zombie film during the um, kind of the interim, the safe parts, just Andy shooting celebrities. 
or yeah. look lookalikes, I should say. That's fucking great. Jesus, would I do that in a zombie apocalypse? That sounds like Jay Leno, Burt Reynolds, Rosie McDonald, uh, a couple others here and there. Uh, oh, fucking hell. I'm just going to be a second, if that's all right. No worries. One more time stopping. So, yeah, the kind of interim... Really nice stuff in that shooting. I fucking adore it. And Anna being a bit of a twat as well during all that, saying, "Your what was it? Like your mothers didn't give you much love when you were kids, did they?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, they're obviously shooting the fucking Peter, the the lookalikes, and it's like, oh, you don't get out much, do you? Like, we're in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. You've got to make some fucking fun out of like somehow like if they didn't everyone would be depressed and no one would be fucking doing anything and then everyone would just be like fucking killing each other or themselves like just let them have it yeah it's part of her character and she's a bit of a not nosy but a bit of a busybody for all this like she shouts CJ's he has a gun at her she's a bit more aggressive and opinionated is the word as CJ yeah. says, she's got a mouth on her. Which is it's fun. Snappy. Builds character. All this kind of eventually culminates. There's a few different things here and there. Chess being played with Andy as well during this segment. A uh, few things. The relationship between Andy and um, Kenneth is built up all the way. The kind of final part of this segment and the final act itself of the film heralded in really as the film starts ramping up steadily in tension again, uh, as they're having a conversation in the mall at the bottom where they go through... In like a food Yeah, court, kind right? of thing, where they start asking Michael, you know, what job are you worst at? And he says, oh, I was a husband, had three wives, all pink slipped. Uh, what job are you best at? When he says, oh, uh, definitely being a dad. And then it kind of, yeah, gets a bit sombre and it's, oh, yeah, his kid's dead. Yeah, and that's when the music starts going from that jaunty Vegas lounge tune to a kind of very bassy, low, tense, and that it builds up and builds up throughout the next few segments. It's constant. Uh, there's a a blackout goes on. The generator kicks off, and they need to go to the backup generator. Simultaneously, uh, Andre's wife, uh, Luda, is giving birth. Put it that way. Yeah, she looks like she's on death's door, but she's obviously just about to give birth as well, so... There's that. So, go through the garage first, I think. Unless you want to go through the uh, birth first. No, no, let's do the garage first. Yeah, cool. So, Michael goes down with CJ and uh, Bert. Uh, hands Bert, fu- not Bert, hands CJ a uh, fire axe when he asks yeah. for a gun. Um, yeah, CJ asks for a gun if he's going into the basement. Um, he gives him a fire axe and he's like, yep, swing away. Um and then Ving Rams comes out of the back and he's like, well, I'm going with you. I've done this before. Yeah, that's a great line. It's like, uh, Michael turns around, you come with us. And Kenneth says, no, you'll come with me. 
Yeah. Fucking badass. Uh, this is where they find the dog, who, I think wrongly, like from previous watches, I said I hate this fucking dog. It's more Nicole. I hate. Yeah. The dog's fine. Nicole's a bit. The dog's fine. The dog does what it's done. Or, or it gets told to do, sort of thing. Yeah, the dog's, the dog's fine. Nicole's a prick. Uh, and so, yeah, they get a bit twitchy, rightly so, in a car park for the mall. They need to go from the first floor down to the third. So, quite the walk. Uh, and, yeah, a bit jumpy with the shadows. They see stuff, hear stuff, and eventually the dog comes out. Chip, I think its name was. They give it. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, like, some legless zombie was monkey barring over the top on the, like, um, what are they called? Like fire, not fire extinguishers, but the water... Fire ladders. No, like the water guzzlers things. Firehouse? Uh, like at the top, where if you set off smoke, they shoot out water and stuff. Oh, What's sprinklers. The... Yeah, sprinklers. That's the one. Yeah. So, yeah, there was some, like, legless zombie that I presume was... Was he crawling over, like, the top? No, I, I, th- I think they were insinuating that he was climbing with his hands on, on the bar. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like climbing monkey bar style. Yeah. Like pulling himself along. And then when he must have like pinpoint hand-eye coordination for a zombie because he lands right on top of fucking Bert. Yeah, He's a like, fucking ninja zombie. Yeah, I'll let go of this pipe at this point. This will be my t- trajectory and... uh. <laughs> I'll land on him here and I'll bite his ass. I'm saying like a Michael Phelps style dive down. <laughs> just properly already. Minimal splash. Slams onto his back and starts biting away. Uh, and Bert gets quite a well-deserved fucking end. As his bit manages to shrug the guy off and then... What, just ripped apart pretty much? Yeah. He kind of yeah. he's calling for CJ. Starts running slowly behind the other three, and then he gets he he kind of panics, does like a semicircle turn, and then gets like rugby tackled and then chewed on by like fucking six arms. So. Yeah, he probably ain't coming back. Nah, be on end all of that. I should hope not. I've always wondered that why so many zombies don't seem to be that gory coming back. Because presumably, if you were bit by a zombie, you've been fucking destroyed by another yeah i think if you're surrounded by enough zombies you are not coming back but if you've just been like bitten by one and you've escaped you're most obviously you'll be fine won't you but yeah i suppose that makes some sense but um, um yeah moving down three floors gets towards the generator yeah you go ahead yeah they they don't actually turn the generator on they go no, down into it... the basement to turn on a generator because the power's gone they don't do that. They see a dog. They panic. They're like, "Ah, oh, it's just a dog." Ninja zombie turns up. They run for their life, and then they just set fire to the entire basement. Yeah, I mean, it's just a cool fucking shot. Yeah, as they get in like a, a contained area with a fuel hose, mm-hmm. with barbed wire on the top and shit. Eventually, this this has got to like wipe out all the zombies down here because they come back down. Yeah, they come back down to the school buses and shit, don't they? Yeah, so it's got to wipe out all of them. Yeah, Yeah, I'd assume so. Uh, Oh, that's why they didn't turn on the gen then, because they used all the fuel 
for the fire. That yeah, but that, that that's it wasn't a fuel generator. That that was like a that was a pump station for oh, yeah. vehicles. So why don't they turn on the gen? I don't know. I think I think it's like a oh we'll we'll turn it on when the cameras aren't looking sort of thing. So maybe that's it. But oh yeah hmm. okay. But I mean either way, they satellites the zombies uh, using fuel and CJ's uh, lighter. They give CJ's shotgun as well. Yeah. During all this, it's obviously you know absolute shit's broke loose and CJ He's isn't but he's not an idiot. Yeah. And he's actually really fucking competent. Uh, he managed to shoot away at all the uh, zombies jumping in. Really, really good scene. Yeah. And so, yeah, jump over to the other subplot, uh, which is less fun. The only way to really put it. Yeah. Uh, you see Prego Zombie, and I don't think you see the baby. At any point, yeah, you do. You um, being a stillborn or something. I don't think it's like properly. No, um, basically, uh, so I'll take us through. I might have just so, looked away. <laughs> so, what happens is Luda starts to turn. She dies on the bed and whatnot. Um, forgotten his name. Forgotten dad's name. Uh, Andre. Uh, Andre, there we go. Uh, Andre kind of goes to check on her pulse and find that she's already dead. And he puts his head on her stomach and he feels like there's a kick. And you physically see like a foot rising out of her stomach, or not rising out of her stomach, but pressing against the skin. Um, and then he pulls back, looks like he's going to try and cut her open and then he sees that she's kind of opened her eyes again and starting to move um he takes off his belt and puts like a um, cloth around it and then puts that in her mouth to stop her from biting him and then like there's a geyser of blood from her foo-foo um <laughs> And yeah, so basically the baby's born, he he kind of pulls the baby out and uh, whatnot. And at this point, Anna is like, I'm going to go check on Luda and see how the baby's coming along. But the old granny, that, or the old lady that uh, drove the truck to get there, it's kind of like, no, nah, I'll, I'll go, it lets me have a chance to have a cigarette anyway. Um, she walks in, finds that Andre is holding a baby and Luda is a zombie on the bed, chained up. Um, she panics, aims the gun at Luda, he points the gun at the old woman, and there's like a... there's a whole fucking, like... Mexican standoff kind Mexican of standoff where she shoots Luda, he shoots the old woman, the old woman shoots him, he shoots the old woman again, and it like eventually both of them die obviously the the gunshots alert everyone else they all come running and anna looks obviously at the baby 
and the baby is like mottled grey skin, got black veins, and it's it's it does like a hellish, like high pitched kind of scream, and then it kind of cuts. You looked at the rest of them all, and then there's a gunshot, and then next scene. Yeah, which uh, it as a lot say a lot about shit films and when a scene's good best we can really do is like describe it and just say that yeah it, it's really well made yeah. really well wrote and really fucking disturbing and again it falls upon that the horror doesn't come from the situation though the situation is horrific um, horror comes from watching Andre's fucking life fall through his fingers yeah and lose his shit uh, and it, this kicks it properly into gear. It's now pretty much Mac 1 all the way through the rest. Mm-hmm. Tensions at max point. Uh, so as it goes forward, Ving Rhames, Kenneth decides that you know he doesn't want to sit and wait to die, which I I don't quite understand. Why not just wait for the zombies to die? Yeah. Or uh, the army to curve in, or... Yeah, I like that you've put this in your notes for this film, but we brought it up for uh, Army of the Dead, too. Uh, army of the Dead. Yeah. Where we're like... I'm, I I think there's like a six-week like rotting period on most corpses if they haven't been embalmed, so... And beyond that, the, the military will eventually deal with it. And you're in a mall, and the military do deal with it because you see Andy's tapes after uh, society gets kind of back up and running. So clearly, you're going to be okay eventually. And even in this situation, I think you understand that, yeah, it'll be fine soon enough. Uh, And that the yacht plan is just dying somewhere else. But why die on an island rather than die here? Yeah. What's the difference? Uh, and I love that CJ perfectly fucking goes through the entire plan and says, so you want to do this, then this, then this, then this, and this. Sarcastically saying, that's stupid, that's stupid, that's stupid. And still goes, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. I don't know if that's, yeah, I don't know if that's a good point or a bad point. I'm See, actually I, being... I, I understand the idea of getting to an island and it's obviously landlocked. There's no way that zombies can fucking swim or anything. Well, maybe they can. We don't fucking know. But there's no way that they're going to try and be going to be making their own way to the island. It's if it's landlocked and it's safe. Not landlocked. Secured. Fucking like opposite landlocked. Oh yeah. Sorry. Um, uh, ocean locked. Not ocean locked. I don't know the term. Island. Island is the term. Yeah. Just stranded. Um. If it's just a fucking, like, just on an island on its own, I, I understand going there. But if you've already got somewhere that's pretty much the exact same, it, I mean, it's in the middle of a fucking city, but it's a mall. You, you've got loads of places to hide, whatever. I don't see what the difference of staying there and waiting it out rather the difference than going is- there. Throw as many fucking ball games about on an island. An island's far more tedious, and there's less food on an island. 
There's your fucking difference. There's no hungry, hungry hippos on an island. Oh, look, 2004 board games were shit. I'm trying it like snakes and ladders. It's, it's not a bonus, actually. Shoots and hoops, the American one. Shoots and hoops? Yeah, like a basketball thing. Not even like fun little cartoony snakes to buy nah, you over. fuck that. I'd rather have snakes and ladders, thanks. I'd rather have the island than shoots and hoops. Uh, yeah, during like the last, what, 20, 25 minutes? Yeah, something like that. People just basically die one by one. Yeah, like there, there, there is a specific scene, and we'll get to it when. Basically, they at this point they've built up these fucking buses. They've came up with a plan. They've built up these buses. They've reinforced them and whatnot. Their plan is literally go get Andy, get his guns and ammo, um, and then try and make it to wherever. Andy's like, I'm fucking starving. They're like, we've got plenty of food. We live in a fucking mall. We'll send some over. They drop the dog into the middle of the horde, for, which for some reason, zombies are uninterested in the dog. That's what I said before that. The idea is that they bounce back and forth. I just love to see, uh, not CJ, Steve's idea of draw straws and whoever loses runs a yeah. ham sandwich across. <laughs> That's just fucking great. Yeah, um, I yeah. If I was gonna do it, coordinate with walkie talkies, obviously. Andy should be sitting at the fucking hole with a gun ready. Yeah, but these people, these are human, so it all goes to shit. Mm-hmm. And poor fucking Andy. Uh, it's kind of horrific, actually. You like you don't see him die properly. Unless you watch the little tapes, but um, you just you don't hear a ruckus over the walkie-talkie or anything. He just goes up to the top. It's clearly been in a scuffle, and he doesn't draw anything on the uh, what whiteboard. Just yeah. uses his own blood to spout gibberish. Clearly dying, or and or dead. I think at this point he's dead because as soon as he hears the no- obviously Nicole goes over to get her dog because she's a fucking idiot um, and obviously he is the sto- he is a noise in the store and then he goes to fucking check on it and his eyes are like the dull grey sort of colour that zombies have apparently yeah I quite like the effect not quite as yeah. good as the Shaun of the Dead stuff the proper like milky white hmm. but it's got that dead vibe to it that uh you know, not really aware of anything. Glassy. Glassy. Yeah. That's the term. Uh, but yeah, everything kind of goes shit. The rest of them, rather than taking a truck, go under the sewer line. Why does she go for the fucking dog? She's close and the dog isn't eating. I, I hate her. Yeah. Did did your mate really say that she'd yep, have done she'd what do Nicole exactly did here? What yeah. Nicole, yeah, yeah. I'm going to stop talking to her. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but yeah, she was like, I'm a dog person, of course I'd go get the dog. I'm like, the dog's not getting eaten. The dog is fine. The dog could literally live in the same room as that fucking zombie, and the zombie would be like, uh, Dog's got a ham sandwich. 
Yeah. Dog's the good. dog's fine. He's got food in his backpack. She's like, I'll go get it. I'm like, I'm leaving you to die. Hey. Yeah, I mean, but rather than the fucking dog in the cold dying off, Andy and Tucker end up getting killed, trying to save her ass. Yeah. I'd have left Obviously. her. I'd like, fucking whatever, though. Terry presumably runs off, but the rest I go, fuck them. We don't have to repopulate the earth. This ain't some fucking Noah's Ark shit. <laughs> Let her die. Uh, and Steve... So the idea, they go through the sewer line, obviously. Steve holds the door for everyone. And he leaves the door? Yeah. He's a massive prick. Basically, they're like, alright, we need someone to basically stay here, oh, keep the door open, and just, if anything comes up behind us, you take care of it, or if anything comes out after us, take care of it, keep us covered. And uh, Tucker was supposed to do it. And then Steve's like, why the fuck does he get to do it? I'll do it. So obviously they're like, alright, yeah, fuck it, swap, whatever, we don't care. Just make sure you don't fuck this up. And then I specifically said to the person I was watching with, how long before do you think he fucks it up? And well, she he went, like, fuck it up. Three he seconds. He doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. They're like, keep this door open, stay here, just whatever. He must have instantly closed the fucking door and just gone, yeah, I'm going to go get a fucking coffee or something. Because he's literally, the next time you see him, he's standing at the the buses, like, all right, let's go. What was his plan if everyone had died? I I imagine he'd just take a bus and fuck off. It'd be dead. Because the bus would be toppled. Yeah. So he's, yeah. Well, yeah, he's not the smartest man in the world, clearly. No, he gets himself killed later on. Oh, deservedly fucking so. Yeah. It's so satisfying. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, with Steve for getting the door, the mall's then overrun. Yeah. Directly because of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, which means that their truck escape, instead of being, like, tomorrow morning or tomorrow night, has now jumped to, we need to leave right now. Yep. Um, which... Doesn't go well. It goes better than I'd have expected. Oh yeah, it goes better than expected, but still not well. And they get um, more than five fucking feet out. Yeah, so <laughs> they they get out towards the middle of the horde. They're immediately surrounded, which the zombies try to topple the 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 buses. Then uh, the one the one bus gets out the chainsaw and starts hacking at the people that are trying to topple it, or the zombies trying to topple it. And the other one throws a propane tank with a flare on top to make it explode and takes out a hefty chunk of, like, dead flesh in front of them. Um, so, for some reason, they're like, alright, let's speed through the rest of this city, even though there's literally nothing else on the road except for abandoned cars and shit. So they start speeding and fucking spinning round corners and shit. Um, and one of them with a chainsaw thinks, hey, it's a good it's a good fucking time to start revving this bastard up. Um, this is the part where I was like, oh, fuck, duh. 
because um, obviously they go around a corner. He falls backwards, hits uh, Blonde Slut with the chainsaw. Yeah, pretty much the only two left that have got no development whatsoever are definitely yeah. going to die now. Yeah, so basically it, it is actually the Blonde Slut and the dude, the old guy that was wearing women's shoes, high heels earlier. So those two die in this instance. Like he hits her with the chainsaw, basically pulls back out of her, and then as the boss kind of topples over because they took the turn too quick, the chainsaw hits him. He's fucking dead too. You want to rephrase um, that? Old man pulls out a blonde slut. Nope. Really good with that. Fair enough. Yep, I'm gonna leave that in. Yep. Um, and then, uh. Yeah, so the bus topples over. Ving Rames is the driver, obviously, and Steve is a dick. Uh, Steve kind of wakes up first, and Ving Rames is kind of reaching out to kind of be helped up. Uh, Steve's just like, nah, fuck that. I'm going to take the pistol that I had. going to take my uh, boat keys and fuck off. He escapes, closes the... Thankfully, he closes the fucking door behind him again. Um, steps about two feet away from the door and he sees like blood being dripped onto his hand with the outstretched gun looks up finds it's a zombie instead of pointing the gun at him he goes ah with his arms extended in each side of him and then gets eaten yeah he's a coward yeah I mean Fuck him anyway. So, uh, yeah, that happens, and then it kind of the the other truck, uh, the other other school bus stops and kind of reverses to kind of help everyone back out, and they run up to it, find that only Ving Rames has survived, and they grab him and his weapons and everything, and bring him onto the other bus. Um. Anna, at this point, has run up with them, found Steve as a zombie. No remorse, no like hesitation, just shoots him square in the fucking forehead. Um, and then loots him for the, the, the ship keys. And there's a bit of a tension, like, is she going to get back to the bus or not? If I remember correctly. Yeah, there's... A horde basically chasing behind uh, a lot of yeah. worry, which more or less ends up getting Michael bit. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, tensions there. This Michael ends up getting the fucking short straw, as it were. Yeah, basically, as the, as they get in, uh, as she's getting into the back of the bus, like uh, they're trying to like pull her into the bus, and he takes a bite to the forearm and. You see it in his face, he's like, oh, fuck, yeah, I saved all these people, but fuck, they, they, oh, yeah, I'm bit. So there's that kind of, like, exultation, like, yeah, we've just saved everyone, but fuck, I've just, I'm, I'm dead now, basically. Yeah, a kind um, of brutal catharsis. Yeah. Um... They manage to get to the dockyard. They drive the bu- uh, the bus like straight onto the dock. 
so um, the 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 bosses basically blocked off any kind of zombie getting onto the docks after them. Um, CJ kind of stays back to kind of ensure that everyone gets out safe. This is kind of his like redemption bit here. Um, get he stays on the bus to kind of make sure that everyone gets out safe. Uh, thinking, all right, I'm going to go out the front doors. Um, but as he goes back to try and get out the front doors, he finds that they're locked. So he's like, oh, fuck, I'm stuck in here. Starts moving back towards the back doors and starts killing shitloads of zombies and finds that I'm going to be overrun soon. Yeah, he's fucked picks at that up point. A, yeah, picks up a flare, realizes there's a propane tank behind him, He's like, ah, fuck. And then kind of shoots the propane tank and then obviously holds the flare to it and blows himself yeah, up. Yeah, you know, a fucking bullet won't set it off, but a flare will. Well done. Yeah. Well done, Dawn of the Dead, knowing how fucking propane tanks work. <laughs> it's um, not difficult. Yeah. But yeah, you've got, at this point, fucking Nicole, for some reason. Terry. Yeah, Nicole's... Uh, Chip, uh, Kenneth and Anna the big five mm-hmm. last and living Michael standing on the boardwalk giving his farewell speech into the setting sun yeah he's like yeah I'm gonna sit here I'm gonna stand here for a while and like watch the sunrise and then as soon as he pushes the boat off he's like alright I guess I'll pull my gun out and shoot myself in the face they can still see me but you know yeah, not quite as poetic. To be fair, I'd shoot yeah. myself as fast as possible. Yeah, I, I'd attempt it. I, I'd, I'd try and make sure, like, I'd, if I had enough time, I'd probably try and make sure that enough people tried to get out safely. But at some point, I'd be like, "All right, this is enough. I'm, I'm starting to feel like shit. I'm just going to kill myself now." Yeah, apparently. Uh... Back when it came out in 2004, a lot of people left in the cinema at this exact moment. Which, and if you want to feel a good ending, is definitely the best point in yeah. the film to fuck off from. Because um, if anyone happens to have not have seen the credit sequence, it, it's one of the most brutal, heart-wrenching credit sequences. Yeah. I think a bit around. I mean, one fucking benefit is Nicole definitely fucking dies. Yeah. The only people I can see having survived that are Kenneth and Anna. Like, as Nicole charged up into the forest like a moron after her dog. Terry runs like a white knight he is. Yeah. And Kenneth and Anna get on the boat, shaking their heads and fucking fluff. But more or less, they get to an island, dock up. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty much like, oh, we hear moaning on this island. Well, looks like we're packing back up and going. Yeah, pretty much. I don't know quite why they just died. I think they've like ran out of fuel and food and shit. They yeah, I think they've. I think they've. They've blown the fucking engine and um, they've run out of uh, fuel. I think, but I mean, at the very I least, like shoot out on the edge of the island and check first. Yeah, make noise. But uh, yeah, it, it makes for a really nice ending, either way. 
like this little jewel of their hope at the end is just crushed and tainted by zombies charging forward. Yeah, it's fucking brutal. That's great. Better than any fucking Marvel end credit sequence. Hey, fuck you. Not this shit, I like, like watching books. Thanos sit on his fucking throne, fiddling with himself. Yeah, alright, that, that's a bit shit, but... Name, name one you remember. So... Beyond, like, Thanos jacking himself off on a throne. Um... If it's taking you this long, it's proving my fucking point. Hey, yeah, I'm trying to remember Marvel films, to be fair. <laughs> but this is perfectly memorable. Utter chaos at the end. And as with zombie films, as it always should be, everyone fucking dead. Hope extinguished. So, uh... Going to recommendations and stuff at the end of it finish off in case it wasn't obvious you know recommend the dawn of the dead both of them me personally uh this one especially though if you're into revival zombie stuff or generally into horror film i think it's just solid for an hour and 40 mm. minutes i think if you want to turn your brain off like we've for army of the dead just watch this film you can turn your brain off and enjoy the gore and everything else a lot more just the build of tension, at least, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like this is the better watch, as, like, obviously you've, you're attached more to the fucking people that are in it. You've There's actual... There's an actual plot line. There's, like, a story thread that goes from one side to the other. But Army of the Dead was more of a clusterfuck of genres i suppose the best way to describe it yeah that's about as close you're gonna get to it um i mean originally i thought trying to get an analogy i can use for this uh you know outcast the rap group mm-hmm. so i've got andre 3000 and big boy uh really great stuff between the two of them both of them contributed a lot of shit you got like atlian's my favorite album favorite rap album of all time with elevators and stuff where big boy was a really good verse but there's this thing with rap culture where if you're going to do a top 10 list, Andre's got to be in there. Uh, but Big Boy, I think he's kind of shafted because he's compared to Andre immediately. Mm. Like you go, Andre's yeah. one of the best of all time. Big Boy, you know, he's good. He's not amazing. Uh, and I think it, he's done a disservice because of that. And originally going into these films, I thought, you know, that's what I'm doing. I'm comparing it to Dawn of the Dead, which to be fair, we're exacerbating here. To some extent. Uh, But no, I do think it's just a bad film. Yeah. It's just shit. On so many levels. I know I compare it to a lot of stuff. and Well, it's trying to be a heist film. It's trying to be a zombie film. It does none of them. And at the end of the day, its story just isn't good. Besides Besides all those genres, it's just bad. Uh, Don't watch it. Yeah, I think that's about it, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think only other film, uh, to make up for some of the lost weeks, I'm planning on doing a little bonus episode. It'll only be like an hour long on something. I'm going to spring it on Seth as well. Yay. That people might not have heard of. It might be fun. Push forward. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, either way, uh, have a good one. Always a pleasure doing it, and I hope you enjoyed listening.
예, 세세야.